Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. We're back, man. Episode 195. Yes, sir. All right, let's get right into it. Um, we'll start this off with a very unfortunate story, um, but uh, labeled the king of ranchera, uh, Vicente Fernandez uh, just passed away. Um, Vicente Fernandez, uh, Mexico's national treasure, has died. Uh, Mexico's ranchera music legend known for classics like El Rey and Volver, Volver, died the same day Mexicans celebrate the Virgin of Guadalupe. Um, Mexico's, uh, Mexico's musical legend, Vicente Fernandez, has died. The king of ranchera music died in a hospital in Guadalajara in his native state of Jalisco. He was 81. Rest in peace, Mr. Vicente Fernandez. We regret to inform you of his death on Sunday, December 12th at 6.15 a.m. was the message on his Instagram account. It was an honor and a, and a great pride to share with everyone a great musical career and give everything for his audience. Thank you for continuing to applaud. Thank you for continuing to sing the message said. Uh, Fernandez died the same day uh, Mexico celebrates the Feast of the Virgin uh, de Guadalupe or the Virgin of Guadalupe for Mexican and Mexican-Americans. It marks the date in 1531 when the Virgin Mary uh, is uh, purported to have appeared uh, to Juan Diego an indigenous Mexican <clears throat> in the last several uh, apparitions. Uh, Fernandez was such an icon. Telemundo, NBC, Spanish language network interrupted its live broadcast of Mexico's Virgin of Guadalupe celebrations to announce his death. The news quickly flooded social media as a major Mexican, a major Mexican publications reported his passing. Yeah, dude. When, once this happened, like it just, it just blew up. Cause I don't think people, even if you don't, um, understand uh, a cultural icon or -hmm. you didn't like grow up listening to uh, uh, Vicente Fernandez for me like I was telling Keith um, I was introduced when I was a kid even though you know I'm black you know of him because of your friends parents that listen Mm -hmm. and then as you get older and you're chilling with some of your boys and they'll cut off all the rap or whatever and just turn on Vicente Fernandez and start taking shots and singing the music with their aunts and abuelita and everybody singing having a good time and he was a cultural icon in that way I Mm -hmm. I think that it's it, it caused the rippling effect especially with Mexicans the same way you think about like uh cultural icons such as uh, Michael Jackson or when mm-hmm. Kobe passed mm-hmm. like I had a specific re- like relationship with that because when I was in the sixth grade Kobe was a rookie mm-hmm. and then when he retired his last game when he scored the 60 points I cried because I grew up watching this person yeah right um, a lot of people felt the same way you know when Selena died mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people are having that effect because you know their grandmothers and then their mom and then their kids for generations, listen to Vicente Fernandez, and now, you know, he died, which we all pass, but when someone has left this much music and culture, um, it, it's, in, it's in a shockwave through a mm-hmm. lot of people, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much, I don't know of him or know, really know him. I Maybe I've heard his music as far as like, you know, hanging out with some of my, you know, you know, Mexican friends or something like that. Or, you know, I went to school in New Mexico, so I'm sure there was, you know, a lot of people there that, you know, appreciated his music and and grew up on his music. But yeah, I think just, um, you, you, when we do look at these type of people, the, the Kobe Bryant's, the Michael Jackson's, um, they almost seem like, you know, like they'll live forever. Right. And, And, you know, 
we we don't we don't even look at like celebrities and people we look look up to as um, human beings a lot of times. So yeah, you know when they do pass away, it's just like it's just like it's very shocking. You oh know? yeah, and you know it's hard to wrap your wrap your mind around, but. Um, Definitely rest in peace, man. In a way, in a way, he's going to live forever, and so will we. And the reason why is when you when you put something out there. This is these are just podcasts to most people, but when me and Keith are long gone, this is still going to be on SoundCloud and other platforms. Yeah, and you'll be able to hear our voices for the next I don't know how many years. And uh, you know, with Fernandez, what's going to be different is yeah, he won't be here, but he has over three hundred unreleased songs. They talked about that. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna just be releasing songs from him. Yeah. Like it's gonna be like, like twenty songs a year mm-hmm. from you know Fernandez. So it's like he's never gonna be gone. Yeah. And even the next generation of kids and then the next generation of kids will still be listening to uh, Vicente. So mm-hmm. yeah. So rest in peace to him, man. Prayers to him and his family and everyone who loved him. And uh let's move right on. Uh switching gears. Um, according to the CDC, man, um, 25% of people don't wash their hands. That's nuts, man. That's a lot of fucking people, dude. Mm-hmm. 25%? All right, let's check out the... This is what it says. This is another one. One in four Americans aren't washing their hands. A new CDC report finds that 25% of people don't remember to wash their hands at important times, such as after blowing their nose. I mean, like, dude, if you wipe your ass, you shouldn't have to be reminded to wash your fucking hands. You just stuck your yeah, it's nasty. You just put your hands in your butt, bro. You got doo-doo on your hands. You got fucking shit on your hands, and you have to be reminded, like, oh, 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 hey, wait, 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 buddy. You might want to wash those hands. Oh, my bad. Sorry about that. <laughs> Look, people be doing all kinds of shit and don't wash their hands. People be like lifting weights, um, yeah. having sex and shit. You just got to, you went through, you just went to pound town and now you don't even wash your hands. You got pussy juice all over your hands. Dude, you got it everywhere. Yeah. You got uh, DNA all over the place. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's why I don't, people be like, hey, can you take a picture with my phone? I'll be like, I don't want to be talk, like touching people's phones. Yeah. Because you, you know, like they don't wipe, people don't wipe their phones off. Are you, uh, would you consider yourself a germaphobe? No, fuck no. I'm not a germaphobe. Mm-hmm. I'm just self-aware. I, after I leave the gym every time, I wipe my phone with a bleach wipe. Yeah. Um, that sounds like germaphobe. Nah, it's not germaphobe. I just know that phones could give you staph infections. That's a you proven You still fact. sound like a germaphobe. I'm though. not a germaphobe because I, I'm not clean enough to be one. I'm regular clean. Yeah. Germaphobes are like, they, they wipe in every nook and cranny. It's levels to it, though. It's people that are like, like they don't want to, like, uh, they wouldn't want to, like, shake somebody's hand. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean the house is, like, super, super clean. But, like, it's just, like, levels to it. And I don't know. People are hypocrites, too. Because the same motherfucker that don't want to shake hands will completely, uh, it's, I don't, I don't want to go there because it's kind of a little bit nasty. But the same person that don't want to shake his hand will meet a chick the same night and put his finger in her vagina. Yeah. The same person I want wouldn't want to shake hands be sticking naked dick in random females from the club. It's like, oh, we don't have to wear a condom. That's cool. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah. You can't wash no STD off. With, it's like, oh, just put soap. some bleach on it. You get it off. Antibacterial soap. Yeah, just get some antibacterial soap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you know, you'd be mad. You're like, all you need is a little bit of Dove to get that AIDS. <laughs> get that AIDS off with a little bit of Dove. <laughs> all right. More Americans are washing their hands amid the COVID-19 pandemic, but one in four lather up when they when they need to, such as after blowing their nose, according to a new report. 
the report from the Centers for Disease Control uh, examined Americans' hand-washing behaviors before and after COVID-19. The authors analyzed the results of two nationally representative surveys with the first administered on October 2019. In the second, in June 2020, the surveys asked participants about situations where they usually remember to wash their hands, such as after using the bathroom at home, after using the bathroom in public, after coughing, sneezing, blowing your nose, before eating at home, before eating at a restaurant, and before preparing food at home. The report found that, thankfully, the vast majority of people remember to wash their hands after using the bathroom in both 2019 and 2020. More than 85% of participants said they remember to wash their hands after using the bathroom at home, and 95% said they remember to wash their hands after using the public bathroom. Similarly, in both years, about 86% of participants said they remembered to wash their hands before preparing food. Okay, well, congratulations for uh, achieving a very uh, simple task. For those that wash your hands and the other ones <laughs> that didn't wash their hands, fuck you. Okay? <laughs> fuck you. Because you're the same motherfuckers. Just literally just yesterday at the gym, I went to the gym and I washed my hands, right? I'm about to go in there. And I wash my hands before and after I pee. And the reason why is if I'm lifting weights, I'm touching weights that everybody in the gym touch. So I'm not going to go walk into the bathroom and just touch, grab my penis and pull it out and pee. Yeah, that's, that's just, a different. I mean, in the gym for sure. Like, I don't do that. I'm not going front like I do that. But I have had staph <laughs> infection before, so uh, I know. Like, literally, I have scars on my legs from having staph. Hey, that's infection, sus, so. bro. What? That's sus, bro. What? Because everybody touching the weights in the gym, and then you just go touch yourself and pee, yo. I it is for sure. I just I'm saying <laughs> I'm not acting like you know ain't nothing wrong with it. Sure. You know I'm just fucking with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't be in the gym like that anyway though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um I, I wash my hands before and after. Um mm-hmm. just because I, I respect my penis enough to not just touch it. Yeah, you gotta what, respect the penis. Yeah, you gotta respect your penis because you're gonna be using it. Okay. Yeah. So you don't wanna go and touch a bunch of weights that everybody is touching and go right into the bathroom and then go pee. Mm-hmm. You're better off wash lathering up, washing your hands, then peeing, then washing them again out of respect for others. Yeah. I seen this motherfucker go in the bathroom. Come out of there. He went in there with weightlifting gloves. And mind you, weightlifting gloves are where the fingertips are cut off of them, for all those that don't know what I'm talking about. So the fingertips are cut off of these gloves. This dude literally comes out of the fucking bathroom, turns the water on, doesn't even use soap, and he washes his fingertips and walks the fuck out. That's wild. I was like, yo. And literally, I did a story on Instagram about how the CDC said that only 25, 25% of people don't wash their hands. Mm-hmm. And I seen a motherfucker literally leave his weightlifting gloves on and wash his fingertips and walk out. Yeah. Like, don't half, don't halfway wash your hands because I'm standing there. Mm-hmm. You're afraid of judgment when I'm, I'm still judging you because you didn't take your fucking gloves off and wash your hands. Yeah, that's wild. It, these are the to, yeah to use a bathroom with your gloves still on. These wild. are the same people. These are the same people that would be the first to walk. Hey, what's up, bro? What's going on? Shake your hand, mm-hmm. not knowing that they got a handful of fucking nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, urine all over the hands. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I, and another thing too, um, what I try to do because I know a lot of like um, germs and shit live under your fingernails. I always try to keep my fingernails without anything in them. Mm-hmm. You know, wipe them out. You ever see somebody that got pitch black fingernails? Yeah. Oh, that's fucking nasty. It's disgusting. It's like dog. You've been you've really been digging in your booty. I just try to keep mine low, so ain't nothing living under there. That's true. Mine's mm-hmm. are a little longer than they should be, but mm-hmm. I still keep them wiped out because, man, you, you mm-hmm. get black shit under your nails. I've had that happen, like doing stuff, and I'm like, oh man. 
Like, yeah, especially being on a truck and stuff. You, I mean, you probably got gloves, but you yeah. know, it might be different things that you grab. And exactly, oil on it. And exactly. Yeah, yeah, you don't want that. And then, mm-hmm. oh man, it's just bad. But yeah, you, that's a. I mean, that's a bad habit. I think that um, for me, I'm not. I'm not like um, super excessive with the washing hands. Obviously, I wash my hands after I use the bathroom and stuff like that. I don't. I for sure don't always wash my hands before I cook something, but. Um, you know, it is super important it, it, as far as just like you were saying, if the if the result of it is definitely like a staph infection, like I said, and I've, I've had one before, like probably like one of the, I guess, like the worst versions of it where you have like the, uh, they're almost like these huge pimples that are like on your leg. It's, mm. it's just the most uncomfortable thing I've probably experienced outside of like fracturing a bone or something. Um uh, if I remember when you had that. I was in high school. Yeah, yeah. I had it when I was a junior. Was it on your arm? No, it was everywhere. It was what? like I had like some on my legs, some on my. I had one on my scrotum. Wow. I had um, one on my butt, um, this, and I I played a football game with it. Was it just a bumper? Like bump? It's like it's almost like pimples. Wow. Imagine like very like hard pimples. Wow. Um, yeah. And I, if there's a scar on my leg, it almost looks like a, a, a bullet wound. Like, wow. It was, a, it was like a hole in my leg, like maybe like, like this big. Jeez. Yeah. Yikes. You could see like through, you know. Yeah. It was disgusting. Yeah. I think it's because of back then, Bakersfield High School was the uh, cleanliness of it wasn't great. Oh, they're not cleaning that. No, gym. I had I had the a same um, sweat that you left on that seat is the same sweat I sat on. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was at BHS, and I know you got it during football season. On during football season, I got uh, like a rash I had on my foot, mm-hmm. and I think I got it from in that locker room. Yeah, and um, what and it started like turning like a little bumps. I don't think it was a, a staph infection. It was just like a like a rash. Mm-hmm. And it was just like itchy and all fucked up. Mm-hmm. And um, I forgot who gave me. I think my dad told me this shit, and it literally worked, which was fu- it was so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some uh, lotion that I got, like medicated lotion to get it off. But then he said something about like uh, uh, like people in Vietnam that would pee on their foot. Oh dang! And I guess peeing on your foot would get rid of the fungus or whatever. Yeah. So I was in the shower. I just started peeing on my foot, and it worked. That shit went away. Dang! That nigga got pee foot. Yeah, little P foot. Shout out to R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what he was trying to do. Maybe they had a little rash. She had a little rash on her face or something like that. I'm trying to save you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, there's there's that. I don't know where the fuck we went with that. The, uh, wash your hands, and then also something people don't talk about: just take a little bleach wipe or spray a little bit of bleach on a rag and wipe your phone off, mm-hmm. because there's so much shit living on your phone. Mm-hmm. You got to realize, think about all the things you do and you don't wipe your phone off. Yeah, and this will make you start wiping your phone off. And then if you get like a white rag or a towel or whatever, and you dampen it a little bit and you wipe your phone, you're gonna see that there's black shit on your phone. Mm-hmm. Literally, when you sit your phone down on surfaces, you don't know what's been on that surface. Mm-hmm. They could have had raw chicken sitting on that shit, and you put your phone, and then you pick it up. Yeah, and then you eat a meal, and now you got salmonella poisoning. That's how it works. Yeah, if every doorknob that you touch, and then you touch your phone, all the shit that's on that doorknob is now on your phone. Mm-hmm. If you just get through having a sexual relations, and you got juices going everywhere, yeah, and the juices get on your phone and dry up. 
Now you got juices on your phone. That might be like a good reminder, though. What? Like, dang, that pussy was good. You're just kind of like moisturizing it in your phone. <laughs> <laughs> you got condensation in your phone? <laughs> this phone is wetter than a cold spray. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but yeah, man, wipe your yeah, phone off. Wipe the pussy juice off your phone, man. You yeah. can only imagine there should be like a... Um, but, uh, Joyner Lucas has this music video where um, it's like a dollar and mm-hmm. it shows like the transition from buying drugs yeah. to ending up in your pocket and a washing machine and all, all this these different uh, events. It would be interesting to know like the life of a germ, you know what I mean? Oh from man, germs everywhere. Using the bathroom, like doing a visual representation, like touching the handle and then somebody else touches the handle yeah. and then like you see where it starts. Phone, yeah. So the the origin of the germ it started at Kim Kardashian's house and then it went from there. Man, I'd be wild. Yeah, ended up on Union. Fucking crazy. Man, I got the same germs as Kim Kardashian. That's nuts, man. That's dope. You're going to have a swollen ass just like Kim <laughs> Kardashian. <laughs> you know what's fucked up about Kim is she was so fucking beautiful. Yeah, she's She never pretty. needed no surgery, no nothing. And mm-hmm. I know I'm going to get shit for like, you shouldn't be commenting on women's bodies. I'm doing the opposite, dude. Kim was hot. Kim yeah. was thick. She was pretty. Everything. And then for some reason, it's not just her, but there's like a pandemic of women thinking that they need these surgeries and you don't fucking need it. Yeah. Crazy, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. You never you never know what goes through like a woman's mind as far as like the insecurity. I don't know, seeing, man. Um, you know, different women that got different body types and yeah. It's I think it's I don't know. I, I would be very curious to to speak to a, a woman. Um, and to know exactly why they they kind of made that decision to get the the booty shots or whatever. Yeah, it's bad, and it just looks so lumpy and stuff. Mm-hmm. I still think she's attractive. I think she's very pretty, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But just when she turn around, that ass be looking like uh, that like frumpy. That ass be looking like a punching bag. Yeah. I'd be like, come on, come on, Kim. <laughs> come on now. I like, and maybe it's me too. I like regular women. I just like regular women. Yeah, now Pete Davis. Pete Davis and smacking those. Yeah, it's Pete Davis. He's a comedian, so he'd probably be laughing at that booty when he hitting it from the back. <laughs> like, this reminds me of a time when I was at the bar. <laughs> My dad died in 9 11. If you're making the dark jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Pete Davis. That's somebody I love to talk to on the pod. Really? That'd probably be the best podcast ever. Pete Davidson. Yeah, that dude's fucking hilarious. Yeah. He's I'm hilarious. not really like a super fan of his, but um, I'm I'm not either. But mm-hmm. he is fucking I heard him on he was talking about Joe Budden. Mm-hmm. Joe Budden has said something. He's like, Joe, but dude, Joe, shut the fuck up, Joe. Like the the way he described Joe Budden's career and what mm-hmm. he was doing, and he told him to shut up, that shit was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess uh Joe Budden was having a hot take because he just used to just go off and talk about people. Mm-hmm. I yeah. forgot what he said about him. Yeah, he said something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, there's that. All right, uh, switching gears. Jesse Smollett is back in the news. And I guess he got convicted like uh, uh, after that uh, for filing a false police report and mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. And it just came back up. So he's back in the news. But this is something I, what I'm about to read is how me and Keith felt about this. And we talked about his situation on two occasions. Like one was like almost three years ago, I think when it first happened and then the follow-up we talked about it but we've always remained um what's the word it's not impartial is that it 
Uh, we always remain uh, like yeah, I think n- impartial was it? Yeah, or neutral. <laughs> we always had a neutral stance, just because the sound is so extreme. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to jump on the bandwagon and be like, "Oh, these the racist cops and this and that." Like, we didn't want to jump on that. Mm-hmm. But check this out. Um, after Jesse Smollett's verdict, we should be able to hold our own accountable without being accused of anti-blackness. And that's the headline. Opinion, the conflation of healthy skepticism surrounding the troubled actor and supporting the 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 carceral the the yeah, carceral state is an extreme that does more gaslight gaslight black people than humanize them. If you had doubts about J- actor J- Jesse Smollett's account of what happened to him on that super cold Chicago night in 2019, you're not alone. You're also not a cheerleader for the notoriously corrupt Chicago Police Department and agent of the car the carceral state of anti-black slash anti-lgbt you're a human with critical thinking skills who just thought it was bizarre that a wealthy celebrity will go brave to brave the frigid polar vortex alone at 2 a.m to go to a subway after a failed attempt to get eggs at walgreens and who just happened to be physically attacked with bleach and a noose by a pair of alleged trump supporters who turned to be turned to be uh two nigerian men he knew the fact that Smollett would keep a noose around his around keep a noose while waiting for the police just made it even more strange. What black person uh, who had built a reputation of as being one of the more woke celebrities around would keep a noose around their neck? So that's a I mean that's a good observation, right? But the way me and Keith looked at it is like we don't tend to pander to extremes. Now what I'll say is this. I think that we need to not only as as a culture, but just people in general, everybody, black, white, Mexican, whoever you are, liberal, conservative. If you supported something and you jumped out the window and said, that's not right, they shouldn't be doing that. Okay, cool. That's your take. But once it's found out that what you believed in was wrong, you need to come back and say, hey, you know what? That was wrong that that happened. Mm -hmm. Most people don't. They'll just say, like, for example, I talked to Keith earlier about LeBron. It's a situation where that cop shot that black girl because it was another girl coming at her with a knife. And the cop actually saved her life in a split section, split split second, and mm-hmm. had to shoot the girl in order to save the other one. And everybody was like, "Here go another white cop shooting black people for no reason." And it's yeah. like, bro, the girl had a motherfucking knife, dog. Mm-hmm. She had a motherfucking knife. And then it was people like, "We need to patrol our own people. We shouldn't be calling the police because they always end up killing us and all of that." And it's like, dog, like there's like we can't have it. Nobody could. No, it's it's weird. I, I personally believe we need law and order because nobody can police themselves. And I don't mean black people. I mean, everyone. No one can police themselves. We can't even go to the store during a pandemic because people was fighting over toilet paper. You mean to tell me that these are the same people that could police themselves? They had to change the idea of Black Friday because people was just fighting over, you know, sales. It's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Like, we can't police ourselves as, as, a, as a society. I'm not mm-hmm. even going to make this a black thing. Mm-hmm. We can't, yet we want to, you know, whatever. But I don't want to jump too far off of whatever. <clears throat> um, Jesse Smollett fucked up. He was wrong for what he did. There are people really having hate crimes happen to him. You don't got to make one up. This motherfucker went out, lied, and used two Nigerians. You can't get more blacker than that. You had the polar opposite was two white men wearing Trump hats, and you just replaced them with two Nigerians, man. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't think you're going to get away with some shit like this. Mm -hmm. This shit was stupid. This shit was wrong. It's just like somebody faking an accusation of something that's like some form of sexual assault, and they lying about it. It's really people getting hurt by sexual assault out here. It's not something you should be lying about. Yeah. 
You know, like this shit is not something you play with. Yeah, it it it, it looks bad. Only um, not only for him, it's embarrassing because one, he has like family in the industry. Yeah, that, you know that that Smollett name is on, you know, different movies right. and TV shows and stuff like that. So that's embarrassing from that aspect. And then also like it's embarrassing for the people that you know try to support you. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 it's ignorance on their part. But who actually, you know, thinks that this would even be a real thing? Like, you know, you you think that, you know, somebody that's out there that comes with these sort of allegations, you know, they why would they lie about that? But we've seen that he did, you know what I mean? And I don't know, it may have been because of, you know, he's trying to get his career going or he needs some attention or whatever the case may be. To me, me, this sounds like the the person that's calling TMZ to let them know that they're going to be going out to dinner with somebody. Yeah, Like just trying to, trying to like muster up some some attention. Um, But yeah, it's just so sad. You know what I mean? Because he's on Empire. He's on a hugely successful show. They had a a good run. Um, You know, you're, you know, Probably one of the, I guess, forefathers in the LGBT community because you're playing a gay character on, you know, an extremely successful show that's on Fox and um, black also. So that's, a you know, another kind of like, um, you know, like, uh, I guess like... Um, I can't even think of the word, but it's something that is not seen very often. Right. And then you're dealing with the the plight of, you know, gay people in the show. They're talking right. about, you know, the son being thrown in the trash and the dad and the son not getting along and yeah. all, like all the struggles that, you know, people from that community go through only to like end it with like some complete nonsense. And it's, so, yeah. it's such a sad, a sad, sad like ending to you know what could be could have been a you know and he's super talented. He sings, he could act, and the whole nine. But it's just it's, it's just like motherfucker, you too old to be doing this shit. So he's thirty nine years old. Yeah. So it's like, bro, like, first of all, it's it's unacceptable at any age. But if he was like twenty three or something, I'd be like, this guy's an, an idiot. Mm-hmm. But he may have a chance to, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, uh, redeem himself. He but, might be going to prison. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know if he'll go because he had a squeaky clean record, so he might get probation or some shit. He might. Yeah, but yeah, yeah this. But is I, just, I think that the amount of um, effort they went through to get this to where it because they could have easily just dropped the case and it it, it just mm-hmm. would have been like nothing. But for them to, I think, got convicted on like the majority. I don't like know, like six, five or yeah, like five or six of those things he was accused of, and. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised, and you know, they haven't done the sentencing yet, but I wouldn't be yep. surprised this, if he did go a, to prison. This is a good point. They showed uh, Biden Harris mock for old tweets calling Jesse Smollett attack a lynching. President Biden <laughs> and Vice President Kamala Harris are among Democrats who were being widely mocked for their silence in the wake of Jesse Smollett's guilty verdict. After initially throwing their support behind an embattled actor, Biden and Harris old tweets, including one which the the Veep described. Uh, the attack as a modern day lynching resurfaced after the Empire Star was convicted th- Thursday of staging an elaborate hate crime against himself and filling a false release 
false police report. Immediately after Smollett claimed in 2019, two Trump-loving bigots beat him up and tied a noose around his neck. Biden, who had yet to announce his bid for president, declared he was standing with the actor. What happened today to, at Jesse Smollett must never be tolerated in this country. We must stand up and demand that we are no longer give this hate safe, lab, safe harbor, that homophobia and racism have no place on our streets or in our hearts. We are with you, Jesse. Biden tweeted. Um, bro, here's the problem. And this, ha- this is with conservatives and liberals. The problem is, is they don't revisit the situation and say, hey, you know what? Um, after the evidence released, that was wrong. And there's no place for this. That, that, all Biden and Harris had to say is there is no room to make up false claims of something when these things are really happening. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That This is inexcusable behavior and we do not support that. If you can come out and do that. It doesn't make you look bad. People think it makes you look bad like, oh, now they want to change their tune. Yeah. So people going to feel about you however they going to feel about you. But I'm not afraid to admit I was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That I was wrong about. So I have no problem admitting that. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, oh, for example, um, the, uh, the, 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 the Kyle Rittenhouse. People jumped out the window or whatnot. He actually did defend himself. Should he have been out there at all? Fuck no. He should not have had his little ass out there. And, but the thing about it, though, too, is it was a video of Kyle Rittenhouse beating a girl up that went viral. Yeah, he was. <laughs> you can't make this motherfucker a hero. Yeah. Don't make him a hero, G. Like, he did defend himself because somebody hit him with a skateboard. Another dude had a gun. That's a fact, mm-hmm. right? And he should have not been a fucking vigilante out there shooting people. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I think that when it comes to people who are on these political lines or racial lines, bro, you need to come back and revisit that conversation and say, like, yo, we don't support that. You know, we're not with that. I've seen that that was fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, LeBron never went back and said, yo, you know, um, yeah, that the cop that day had a really difficult job. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a really difficult, and he, but the problem with LeBron is he be jumping out the window saying shit before stuff is really out there. Yeah. Like, you the got, ink ain't even dry yet. Yeah. Like, that, that, I think that's the problem with all, all of these people. I think it's, um, it, it's. It's some situations are cut and dry. You right. know, if you see something on video, you know exactly what it is. But you know, a situation like this where we we didn't see any evidence of what was going on. At least right. you know the public. Maybe there was some stuff behind the scenes, but we didn't see any evidence of what was going on. It was literally just the story that Jesse Smollett was going around telling people. He on stage calling himself the gay Tupac. Oh, know. that's when I was like, hold up, G. Yeah. Somebody in prison gonna be calling him the gay Tupac too. Nah, they're gonna be in there like, Hail Mary. Let's <laughs> see. <laughs> I get around. Ep, 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 ep. <laughs> no, they're gonna be in there like, that nigga Jesse Small, that got a big booty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, like, seriously though, on some real shit, stop fucking around. Like, stop, stop doing shit like this, whoever you are out there in the world. Like, one, don't make false claims of serious situations Mm -hmm. because those things are really going on in real life. And those people that are going through racism or homophobia really deserve the spotlight. Not a motherfucker that's lying about it. Also, don't be the person that supports something. And then when that thing comes back as wrong, you just act like it never existed. Yeah, I'm not with that, man. And I see a bunch of conservatives do that bullshit. I see a bunch of liberals do it. I see other people doing it. Yo, be a real human being. It's okay to admit either you was wrong or your estimation of that situation was fucked up. 
And then once you see that, move on. You you don't you know, but but don't throw your hands up and stop talking about it like it don't exist. Because that's what like like LeBron's star is too big. Like, yeah. and I don't know who's in his camp or if he just tweets when he sees things. But sometimes the echo chamber you live in can work against you, dog. Yeah, I think I think that I don't know if that can, he LeBron still may believe that. That's the only reason I wouldn't compare these two. Mm-hmm. Um, he still may believe that she wrongfully got killed. Like he still may believe that there was other things that could have been done to prevent that from happening. But as far as Jesse's uh, Jesse's situation, there were people that were like posting on the Instagram. You know what I mean? Pictures yeah. of him and you know writing these long posts. I support, stand with you. Yeah, all, all the hashtags and all this stuff. And all they did was just delete the post. And then, yeah, that's all they did was delete the post. <laughs> Can't it, do that. All them pictures, of, they should have a, a thing of uh, all the pictures of Jesse Smollett that got taken down. Like, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah like they the, should do like a poll. How mm-hmm. many people deleted that shit? Yeah. And then not only not only that, then people put like, you know, after George Floyd died, then they stay, everybody had like a black, uh, the picture was black, like I stand with you type shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need to post that shit up on your profile to know it, that for me to know that you stand with me or stand like social media social media empathy or um support that shit is fake yeah you know if you're gonna do something do it for real do it for real yeah i think and and don't you know i think we gotta stop and i'm not a celebrity but we gotta stop succumbing to the pressures of yeah you know the world because i think sometimes lebron may feel he need to say something just because you know that's kind of the the kind of character he's he's built over the past few years, just kind of being in, in the forefront of uh, social issues, and you know, using his platform after games and stuff like that to to mention stuff about George Floyd, to mention stuff Breonna about Taylor you know, and whatnot. Yeah, Breonna Taylor and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I just think it's uh, it it's okay to say like you know, even in terms of like. Um, you know, my day-to-day conversations, if if something comes up and I, even if, you know, when it comes to the podcast or my mom or whatever the case may be, um, if uh, they bring a topic of conversation that I don't want to talk about or I don't care to visit, it's like, nah, I don't, I don't really, you know, I don't really care to talk about no. that right now. And I think that would be so much better. Or if, even if they did say, like, you know, we mentioned, hey, I, I know, you know, I I feel uh, you know my prayers are, are with Jesse Smollett, but I just want to see it play out. You know, 100%. and then and then just leave it at that. And they gonna try to pry, but if you have that going into a situation, um, you know, I, I I don't know what the public will say about that type of statement. I don't know what Twitter or Black Twitter will say about that, but you know, as uh, from from my perspective, you'll get so much more respect if you made your statement after the verdict. You know, but yeah, yeah, man. Um, look, here's the thing, especially if, if there's a situation where there's a lot of evidence, like recently the Ahmed Arbery when uh, a situation where they convicted those dudes for, you know, basically hunting him down and shooting him, <clears throat> you know, when there are signs of racism or um, somebody literally coming after somebody, hunting them down to shoot them and all the evidence is there. I'm definitely going to support that. I'm going to support them getting arrested and stuff. But just somebody being black is not enough for me to support them. Yeah. Because I'm not going to let you make me look stupid. I'm just keeping it real. Like if you if you did something, if if you were the victim of something, something racial or whatnot, I will support you not only because you black, but because it was wrong. 
But yeah. I think sometimes what people do is, is regardless of what their um, their belief system is or their culture, they allow that to be the driving force behind what they support. Mm-hmm. Or you're conservative and you stole money, I'm still going to support you. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not enough. That's not enough. Like, yo, you being conservative and another person being conservative, when they do something wrong, you need to hold them accountable. Don't just support them because they are from the same party as you. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody's liberal and they do some fuck shit, don't be like, well, they're, you know, I support them. You know, that, that's stupid. Yeah. We, nobody is ever going to get anywhere in life if we keep doing this nonsense. Mm-hmm. We need to be more objective about who we support and what we look at. And if we find, if we make a mistake or a hiccup, let's just go back, revisit it and say, yo, I don't support that. I don't rock with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. For example, some people might say, oh, I don't disagree. I know they'll be like, I disagree with Eddie. I don't care. I don't care what goes on if they right or wrong. If they black, I'm riding with them. Okay. If that's if that's what you believe, why is it? Would you refer somebody to a job that you work at knowing that they was a fuck up? You wouldn't, would you? Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that they don't make you look bad, right? Mm-hmm. So why doesn't this same thing apply to everybody we support or look at? Mm-hmm. I don't want you making me look stupid. If I see some cracks in something... I'm going to be like, hey, let me just wait till all the fucking evidence come out. Yeah. You know, let me wait and see what's going on. Yeah. yeah so we need more. We need more objective thought. Yeah. It just takes patience. I right. mean, I think I think because we have platforms, we have um, Twitter and Instagram and uh, all these other social medias, Facebook, um, you kind of want to be at the forefront of conversations right. oftentimes. But you know, I think we would be better served if I think Drake mentioned this um, formula he has or the system he has for mm-hmm. responding to certain things. Like, he, mm-hmm. I think it was like a 72 hour thing. Like, mm-hmm. if he cares about it still three days later, right. then he might, you know, then he'll respond. But if not, then it, he just kind of like it's, it's just swept under the rug. But I think if we think thought about situations like that, if we thought about, you know, this Jesse Smollett situation it was like, you know, three days later, is there any information? Do I still mm-hmm. actually care about what's going on? If not, then so yeah. be it. I think, I yeah. think too, like with these uh, political figures, um, it's, it's hard. The, I think the lack of responses now kind of shows you what politicians are about. And I think that's um, why we should be wary of, politicians in general whether they're conservative or liberal um because they were all you know they were you know sometimes they use these situations as um like rallying cries for their political platform like you know uh biden may have spoke on it he may he may care he may not care and i don't don't know for sure but i'm saying he may have spoke on it just because he knew that you know it could kind of align with him as a as a political figure especially you know that kind of uh, hate crime being you know a conservative on a liberal or on a, or on a gay man or something like that and um i think we should just be very wary of like um how these politicians move out here 100 percent, man um what i I'll, I'll leave by saying uh because i had something to think of to say but you know keith keith's idea kind of threw me off um shout out to keith um <laughs> yeah but ultimately i'll say look man we we have to be able to um, be more objective about how we look at things mm-hmm. um, and just stop agreeing with the masses. Yeah. You know, just because ultimately we're going to see that something was wrong. And if you act like it just never happened or didn't exist, mm-hmm. then that's kind of, that's kind of weak when mm-hmm. you think about it. But anyways, 
Switching gears. Um, people pick and choose when they want to believe in science. Oh, no, this is what I was going to say. This is what I forgot. Um, there's a lot of hypocrisy that's going around just in general with this, all these overall conversations. And I was thinking about Billie Eilish. That's what I was thinking about. And mm-hmm. Billie talked about, you know, she's like very young and really with this super progressive woke, you know, conversation she'd be having. She talked about body shaming and things of that nature, right? Mm-hmm. Billie Eilish was on TikTok. She says like, I just hate when like you give an ugly guy a chance and all of a sudden he thinks like he's like important and I'm, I'm done giving ugly guys. I'm thinking like, wait a minute. Did you not just talk about body, body shaming? shaming? Yeah. Is that not body shaming? Yeah. I don't think people also can see the hypocrisy in their support or opinions of things. Yeah. That's part of the problem, too. Yeah. And some dude responded and said, like, uh, they said, give an ugly guy a chance. And he starts thinking he's the prize. And he said, <laughs> he said, give a, this is what he said. And, and I don't agree with it, but he said, he said, give a basic B a microphone and an instrument, and she thinks she's a musician or something like that, right? Uh, and then a bunch of people liked it and laughed, and then Billy Otis's brother like inboxed him or wrote him on there and was like, hey, this isn't right. You don't know my sister and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, you can't say shit like that and expect for nobody to say anything. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, that's a tough situation. I, yeah. I just think like when you're uh, – when you're an extreme version of anything, there's always going to be cracks. Yeah. There's going to be chinks in your armor. Yep. So, um, Billy, it's cool that Billie Eilish is, um, you know, very supportive of, you know, liberal rights and all these kind of things and these agendas as far as the uh, no body shaming and all these different things. Um, but we're humans at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? So we're going to say certain things. She proved it. Uh, yeah, and, but that's the danger of being that extreme version of, yeah. uh, of that. Um, but that I think that's an important thing, like, uh, at least in our tone. We mm-hmm. don't try to be, like, we're just in the middle. So if I say right. something that's racist, you know, I'm going to get on here and I'm going to apologize if it's, you know, if it's a, if it's a joke, it's a different thing. But if I say something like genuinely racist or uh, homophobic or whatever the case may be, I'm going to get on here and apologize, but... I don't think anyone would look at me and be like, yo, he's like the super liberal person. How could he disrespect no. the LGBT community? No, usually if there's like something racial on here, it's, it's usually with the satirical undertone. People mm-hmm. understand that it's a joke, and I don't even think they look at it that way. And I think we develop enough of a uh, viewership or l- uh, listeners that they understand what our personalities are like. So I don't think they would be like, Keith is racist, Eddie's racist, get him out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, they understand that we're fucking playing around. Yeah. You know, but this the There's way- There's some real racism going on out here. So ra- we don't have to, you don't got to muster up any on For real. Podcast. But you know, sometimes the way Keith talks about Asians is very problematic. <laughs> and, make sure, and you know, if you guys want to send your hate to anybody, just send it to Keith. <laughs> and it takes some heat off of me for a little bit. Hashtag stop Asian hate. Hashtag cancel Keith 2021 <laughs> going into 2022. Now, I was telling you about uh, my niece and how. Uh, oh, yeah, that was wild. Was a, uh, just for the sake of conversation, it was a. Uh, my niece is five years old. She lives like out in the uh, Rancho Cucamonga area. And um, some girl had came up to her and was like, hey, I can't play with you anymore because my mom said, um, she basically, my mom said, I don't, she only wants me playing with people that are my same color, my same skin tone. And mind you, this is a little Hispanic girl. So, and my niece is uh, black and Mexican. So I just say that to say like, you know, it's it's real racism going on out here. It's the adults that fuck everything up, man. Yeah. Little kids are pure. Little kids are just 
open hearted, like open hearted kids. You see black kids playing with little yeah. white kids and Mexican kids playing kickball and everybody's everybody's kids. Yeah. But it's like the adults ruin it, man. Yeah. The adults ha- bring, put their ideology and shit on kids and they just fuck the kids' heads up. Yeah. It's you know what's sad? Is for anybody you see that they could be in a KKK or they could be or they could hate Mexicans or hate blacks or hate whatever group. Back when they was little kids, they used to play with all the people that they say they hate now. Yeah. And it's the parents that fucked them up. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so fucked up how a lot of kids don't even get a chance because parents bring their raggedy ass views and put it on the fucking kids. Yeah, they can't sad even think, man. Think for themselves. And yeah. I, and I and I don't know the nature of uh, that girl's relationship with my niece, but mm-hmm. I could imagine them playing with each other all the time at recess. Yeah, all the time. And then you know the little girl like, hey, I have this um you know this friend at school. She's you know she's really cool. I love hanging out with her. And she's like, what color is she? And she's like, oh, I think she's uh black. And then you know, then that conversation is, yeah. I don't want you playing with her. It's just like so, and it and it does nothing to affect the child. Like no, even if you had these beliefs about black people or. Black people are thieves or whatever the the worst human beings in the world. Blacks wear She's, glasses. <laughs> they're only having um, interactions at school. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like you know outside of school they're like hanging out and going to the mall together. Yeah, you know what's crazy? How you know kids are pure and don't have the same problems that adults have is the fact that when I was a little kid. Like the friendships that I had with fourth grade, third grade. Well, when I was in the second grade, or was it third grade yet? I was in the third grade, actually. I was living in Delano. My best friend spoke no English. Mm-hmm. None. He didn't speak no English. His older sister spoke English, um, and she was friends with my, with my older sister. And she was probably one of the only ones in the household that spoke English and Spanish. Mm-hmm. And my homeboy didn't speak no English, but we hung out every day, yo. Yeah. And we communicated somehow. I don't know how, but we communicated somehow. Like, you're like, you want to use my bike? You're like, see, you like the bike? Like, All right. So we would go run around the block on the bikes. And uh, for a little bit, I couldn't ride a bike very good. So I had them fucking, uh, what's them wheels in the back? The training the wheels? Training wheels, yeah. And, and the, you know how I really learned how to ride a bike? As yeah. I was using the training wheels. You know how they kind of like one was offset and one was like that? One day I was just dry, like on the bike going fast with the training wheels, and that shit just broke off. And you just had a ride. And I was just riding. I was like, oh, fuck. And then I just start going. Yeah. And then uh, the, the kid, the, I forgot his name, but he was already riding a bike without no training wheels. Yeah. So he used to like laugh and tell jokes because mm-hmm. I couldn't ride the bike right. Mm-hmm. He and was then, telling jokes in Spanish. Yeah, but I, I knew he was cracking jokes, though. Yeah. Yeah, but we was... <laughs> We was t- then, then once I started riding real fast, he started speeding up. We was going mm-hmm. over speed bumps and shit. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, it's a trip how, as a child, you could have all these different connections with different kids. Yeah. And then as you get older, a lot of people, they drift away from it because the parents yeah. poison, like, yeah. children. It's the evils be, of the world. It, you get kinda, like you, know. it, you could be a little black kid, right? And then you could be a little black kid, and then you got a crush on some little little white girl in your class, and then you get a little bit older, and they're like, "You need you need to get you a black woman. Stop dealing with them white girls." Mm-hmm. And it's like shit like that is just fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't be doing that to nobody. Yeah. Like parents need to parents need to just shut the fuck up and let their child organically gravitate to the things that they want to gravitate to. Yeah. You, you know, it's crazy too. Can you imagine if a kid, especially in my time, like at, at our age, at, at, you know, growing up in the mid eighties, all the way through there, 
if a little kid was gay, they probably went through hell. Yeah. Because that was a time where, like, they probably was making their son date all kind of girls, and and the boy was just like, like I'm tired of this. Yeah, this. I mean, the social pressures of like, yeah. when are you gonna bring a girl home? Or right. Who are you going to prom with? Or all right. this kind of stuff. He like, man, I want some dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Imagine if that's the little gay kid. Because I knew there's a cousin of mine who was gay. I won't say any names, but. Uh, he's what five years older than me. I think mm-hmm. he's five years older than me, and uh, or six years, one of them. But we all we all knew he was gay when he was a kid. Yeah, just just the way he was. He was very feminine, and just the way he was. Like like my mom like used to laugh because she knew he was gay. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it, she wasn't laughing at him because he was gay, but she just knew it. Mm-hmm. And like he hasn't like. How do you say it? He hasn't like came out. Everybody know it though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But it's just a trip. Like, and mm-hmm. especially in that time, if you came out as gay, people would just be so cruel to people like that. Yeah. Nowadays, people ain't really like. It's not as much of a pushback nowadays. Yeah, it's it's you know, and that's a that's a for sure a good thing. Is you know, it's yeah. a, it's a better ecosystem for them to kind of be who they are yeah Yeah. and honestly it doesn't it doesn't bother me when like what does it really do like especially now they'd be like man i'm getting tired of all this these kids coming out everybody gay nowadays everybody gay don't make no sense be like bro everybody is not gay dog (laughs) it's just it's just over dramatization Mm -hmm. and it's like bro somebody gay just let them be gay leave them the fuck alone yeah, I will say there seems to be like an overcompensation for like the LGBT community. It's almost like uh, it becomes very unnatural. It, you know, it seems like in advertisements they have to check all the boxes. Like I was, mm. I was watching a, a Google ad. I've um, seen it. I, I'm running on. It was one where um, I don't know what was going on in a commercial, but I could. It was just a regular commercial. I didn't. I didn't think about sexuality at all. And then it flipped around and his nails had paint on them. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then it was like a whole LGBT uh, thing. And I was just like, what? I, I was like, what? Why? Why do they feel the need to like always sneak this in? And I understand like representation and right. how important that is. But I think sometimes like um, when things looked forced, it, it just doesn't, it's it doesn't, not. it doesn't do any community good no you know what i you know i've been seeing a lot more of too i've been seeing a lot more biracial couples in commercials now mm-hmm. and i mean look it's normal that's perfectly fine but I, I i just feel like these companies are full of shit because you never seen biracial couples in their commercials before you know the last few years it's bi- biracial people been around for a long biracial time. people been around for forever it's been mm-hmm. a bunch of half black half white, half Mexican, half black, yeah. half whatever, a bunch. There are so many biracial people all over the place. Yeah. Right? But um, I seen a commercial the other day, and it was like some dude walking, and all of a sudden he just grabs this white girl's hand, and they just start walking. I think it was a Levi's commercial. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's not a big deal, but you really – you they never really had any biracial commercials. Yeah. There was yeah. there was one commercial that came out probably over 10 years ago and they took it down because so many people was, was being Cheerios super commercial? yeah, the Cheerios commercial. Mm-hmm. People was wilding out. Hey folks, go to YouTube and look up biracial Cheerios commercial and it's going to show people saying wild shit in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that that's the th- the thing is like when I see some commercials whether it's like a, a Amazon commercial right. or um, you know, maybe an Apple commercial or something like that. 
eBay commercial, whatever. It's always like it just feels like they're doing they're trying like I said, they're trying to check all the boxes. So generally they'll have like like Amazon commercial, maybe there's like three or four different maybe five different families like interacting. Right. One will be the black and white girl, one would be like two females together, one would be like the gay uh the gay dudes, right, uh, right, one right. would be like the older white, you know, male and the older white female. And it's just like it just seems like um Every time they come out with a new ad, it's like, okay, here we go. Got to got to pick the gay couple. Got to pick the lesbian. Got yeah. it's just like it just becomes like kind of lame. And and not to say that you know that like I said, this stuff is not not important. I think representation is important, but I just wish it just felt it just looked more natural. Yeah, it's just not. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But there's that. Let's go ahead and move on. Uh, switching gears. Um, people picking and choosing when they want to believe in science. Um, as of recent, obviously we had COVID. Now we got the what's it called, the Omicron variant, and all that shit. Um, this one came from Africa, right? Yeah, South Africa. I was trying to pin something. Now, down now they blame it on the blacks. Now what's next? Mm-hmm. The Jews. But it's some white. It's some whites in South Africa. So <laughs> I know <laughs> they gonna have Char- a, Charlie. They, they got the they got the Asians first. Now they mm-hmm. got the blacks. What's yeah? They get the Jews next. Yeah. What's what's that variant gonna be called? I don't know. It's gonna be cheap though. <laughs> the Hanukkah variant. <laughs> oh, that's a trip. But yeah. Um, for example, people that believe in science in regards to the COVID, uh, the COVID pandemic, they'll be like, "You need to get, you need to get all the shots. You need to get the boosters. That's ridiculous. You need to protect people. You know, and this and that. Right? They'll believe in science when it comes to that, but they won't believe in science." When they talk about you can have uh, core morbidities or excuse me, you, you'll have uh, more of a reaction to the va- the virus if you happen to be morbidly obese. So you're less likely to have problems if you don't already have diabetes and high blood pressure and all these things that may- that exacerbate the the virus. And but they ignore that part, mm-hmm. right? They said, "Hey, that no, that's fat shaming. That's not right. Don't fat shame." Mm-hmm. And it's like nobody's fat shaming at all. I'm not saying somebody's a horrible person because they're overweight. I'm saying science tells us that <laughs> yeah. science, the same science that you say that we need to believe in tells us that if you are morbidly obese, you are more likely to have the fucking reaction to the virus. Yeah. And it's if you have, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, underlying health conditions, mm-hmm. you're more likely to have bad problems. Yeah, but you ignore that. You completely ignore that, and th- people do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what was another one I seen? Uh, um, oh, I seen this earlier. Then people who are anti, let's say they're anti-vaccine, they don't want to take it. They like, I'm not, I'm not taking that. I don't know what's in it. You know, I don't want to believe in science. These same motherfuckers could be smoking cigarettes, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't believe in vaccines. Vaccines could hurt people. Mm-hmm. But science has proven that you are more likely to get cancer from smoking. And you, and you keep smoking, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know that shit's going to fuck you up. But yeah. you, you don't care because mm-hmm. you ignored the science because it did not fit your narrative. And the same, it could go for other people, too, to say, you know what? I don't want to take the vaccine. You know, it doesn't seem like it's healthy. But the same person 
will go to McDonald's four times a week mm-hmm. and bring all the burger coupons so they could get even more burgers. Yeah. And, and it says right on the wall when you go to McDonald's, it, it says cause may cause cancer or birth defects, but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter because you put Mac sauce on those birth defects because you don't care. Birth defects be low-key fire sometimes when you put the Mac sauce on it. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine if these motherfuckers just lied and be like, uh, may cause birth defects, may cause a larger penis size if you keep coming to McDonald's? You know that line be filled up like a motherfucker. No, they got to put the vaccine in something that is delicious, like in some type of fast food item. Oh, right. If they just shoot it up in a hamburger, that'd be, it'd be, you wouldn't have as many complaints. Come on down, the In-N-Out vaccine. <laughs> oh, if it was an In-N-Out, for sure. In-N-Out yeah. or Chick-fil-A, oh, it'd, Chick-fil-A? It'd be out of here. Dude, I heard, I heard Chick-fil-A open back up. Yeah. Dude, fuck that place, man. Chick-fil-A fire. That shit ain't all that, dude. I've been there uh, only a few times, and I was just like, yo, I can make better food at home, man. Yeah, I mean, we're They're going to fast food for convenience. It's not a competition with your home meal. Yeah, this <laughs> <laughs> nigga at McDonald's like, man, I'll make a better burger than this. You McDonald's like, man, fuck these niggas, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> nigga, my Mac sauce better than this, cuz. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't nothing but this ain't nothing but uh, what's it called? This ain't nothing but Thousand Islands, cuz. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this shit. Uh, it's comedy. Yeah, man. Nah, but I, I, I think that yeah, there's always like. Obviously, like, us as human beings, we're, like, you know, super hypocrites. I just think right. it's, like, important that we are aware of our own hypocrisies. Yep. Because I have, like, people, um, I guess from the outside looking in, like, people think that I, uh, like, I eat, like, a lot of candy and stuff like that. You and do I, be eating a lot of candy, though. I don't eat... Um, I don't eat a lot of candy. Like, I don't go to the store and, and purchase candy. <clears throat> I just eat stuff when I am, like when I need a snack or something like that. So like basically if there was a healthier alternative like um that was present, you know, when I was hungry then I would just eat that. It's not like mm-hmm. I don't have like huge tubs of like I don't even have any candy in here. No, you know, I don't. Presently. You he know does, what I mean? He loves acai bowls though. Yeah, I, I smack the acai bowls. But um he be in there like acai. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but I, uh, so like, but you know what people will see and, pe- and people tend to like, I think what happens is if uh, people have their own sort of like um, obsessive behaviors, they tend to like recognize it in other people. Mm. So like if someone would see, say like, you know, um, I go to the house and then I like, I got some like, um, like lunch was at, I ate lunch at like, you know, like 1230 or something like that. I don't eat dinner until like seven thirty, eight o'clock. And in between there, like it's some, you know, it might be like some uh some Twizzlers hanging around or something. And I like, mm-hmm. dang, like nigga, I'm I'm lo- I'm low-key hungry. Like let me knock some of them down. Mm. Um and people will see that and they'll be like, oh snap, like, you know, he love he love eating sugar or he love eating candy. Like he's a he's a sh- uh, sugar bug or something. He's a like sugar that. daddy. <clears throat> he's a sugar daddy. Yeah. Um and like those same people, and this happens like in real life, like those same people would have their own um, like obsessive behaviors that are far more That's detrimental to their life than That's a just, fact. just sugar. So I say mm-hmm. that I say it's just it's so many people out there. And, and for me, I never say the same to, to those people. Yeah. Like I don't ever say the same thing like, oh, you... Um, 
well, you know, your caloric intake is a little high. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You 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 are um, obsessive over food, or you need to. You know what I mean? You need to work out, or you you're lazy, or you know what I mean? I I don't approach people in that way, and I, I you know my my the way I operate, um, or I guess my my uh the way I'm built I can handle that I don't mm. I don't you know I don't get offended when someone says like you know you eat a lot of sugar or something like that Fuck but, yeah but vice versa <laughs> if I'm like well you fat you know <laughs> that conversation <laughs> wouldn't go over that well you know what I mean so I just think that like people we just need to be mindful of how we can or how we have this you know hypocritical I don't even know is that is that Hypocritical behaviors, I guess. It is hypocritical behavior. Okay. 100% hypocritical. Mm -hmm. If somebody's telling you that you eat too much candy and you got to be careful, but they're 400 pounds, motherfucker, take your own advice. Yeah, exactly. Like, your blood sugar is probably high enough to make a whole bakery, dude. Shut Mm -hmm. the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can notice something wrong with me, and just as long as you recognize there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And then we cool. You'd be like, you know what? Look, I may not be the best person to say this, and I have problems with food myself. But you need to watch your sugar. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Facts. Yeah, you- I think I think we we need to. And we also need to understand like what real addiction is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there are you know those same people can have like some sort of addiction of their own, and then they'll see a behavior that looks like a diff- addiction mm-hmm. or favors an addiction. Um, and they'll speak about it in that way, all while dismissing like all the addictions they have, Facts. whether it's like porn or whether it's food or uh, coffee or whatever the case may be. And you're just like, come on. Like, you I, know. It was crazy to me. That's a wild one for me, the whole porn addiction thing. Mm-hmm. Like some people be having a porn addiction so bad that they like get divorced and everything. Ah, oh, dang. It's like, I don't get like how you have a porn addiction. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, 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 I don't know what a healthy amount is and not, you know, I don't watch it like super frequently. I probably, no. I mean, when I was younger, I probably indulged, you know, a few times a week, but now it's like, I don't really, you know, it doesn't now, I really think it's, I think it's better to actually experience women, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like nothing wrong with rubbing one out here and there watching a little, little porn. Yeah, you know, but don't be. If you sitting there watching it all week, something's wrong with you, dog. That's so crazy. That's so crazy, dog. That you, it's uh, it's also disgusting sometimes. Yeah, it's just like, it's too much. Just watching other people have sex once you. Once you gotta think about it. You you literally watching other people. What do they call it? A cuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you, low, low, low key. You a cuck. You you. Can. I mean, not that she, that's your girl or whatever, but like you know, yeah. if it was if you were in that scene, you know. Or if they had like a 3D, you know, setup or something, yeah. you would just be in there watching other people. That's yeah, that's a little much. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, bro, turn the volume up and check it out. <laughs> they talking to you? And can you imagine if the metaverse became a thing and you was like really like in the metaverse watching porn? They gonna have that. Watch. Somebody had uh, got married on the metaverse. Wow, really? Yeah, it's like a virtual marriage or something like that. That's sad. They should. I, I hope that metaverse fails. <laughs> I hope it does, man. I really hope Metaverse fails. Nah, I mean, I'm all for forward progress, so I'm curious. I'm all for forward progress, but the thing about it is, is like we we have a grip on life. Yeah. But a lot of people that are getting involved with the Metaverse, like they're getting really into it, mm-hmm. they don't. So they're they're literally are abandoning reality for the Metaverse. And yeah. I think that it's too late, though. What do you mean? The, the Metaverse is is. Essentially, what the metaverse, at least as far as like what Mark Zuckerberg is doing, mm-hmm. they're just making a hub for what's going on already. 
Yeah, right. so it's just a meta- manifestation of what's already existing. Yeah, the metaverse is Fortnite. The metaverse is mm. remember uh you remember RuneScape? No. RuneScape was this um game you would play like you most people play it. People would play it like at the library. Basically you play it on a computer. And it was just like this game where you would walk around with like a sword and a shield and stuff and you could kind of build your character up and get oh. points and It was like Dungeons and Dragons almost. Uh, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, but um, RuneScape was like super, super popular game. Uh, maybe like in the two two thousands to like mid two thousands, like um, and people would have like profiles and you would just play the game all day. Um, but those were the type of like the type of nerds would just hop on the computer and they would be chatting with people and talking to people and it'd be people from all around the world that that's playing the game and basically i'm saying that like you know this has already been here social media is a form of like what people would think is like a metaverse because you have like a personality on there you're communicating with people in a way where you know you're not visually seeing them and stuff like that yeah i had a homie back in the day he was the first computer nerd i've ever known in my Mm -hmm. life there's a homie michael Mm -hmm. um and Back then, he used to play, like, the first, like, most popular games that created a lot of the landscape now, he used to play a game called Duke Nukem. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-mm. Yeah, Duke Nukem. I remember the name. I don't know. I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, so. Duke Nukem. Have you heard of Doom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played Doom, the very first Doom. Okay. Very, very first. That was, like, hot shit to us. So, we're talking about, like, we're talking about 1997. What, what system is that? Uh, what Windows ninety seven or what? Oh, what? he played on a computer. On a computer, yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, and then we had uh, we were playing. Um, what was another one? Uh, well, World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. That was I think that had just popped off back then. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one. Oh my goodness, I can't remember what it was called, but it's a super popular game. Um, but yeah, man, it, it was those those games kind of started off a lot of this shit. But mm-hmm. I don't want to jump too far off of what we're talking about. Um. I think a lot of times people tend to recognize or people tend to recognize science when it fits their narrative. Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. It's just, there's a recent study that showed that Viagra reduces the chance of Alzheimer's by 70%. So they're telling you that a pill that gets your dick hard reduces your chance of Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And it's like people will literally be like, oh, wow, this is great. And you only saying that because it's because you, you know, you, want, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? I hear that all the time. Like people, um, you know, they will be like, uh, "Hey, take this; it's good for you." Like it's it's a very vague statement. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and me understanding what research is and um and understanding that it's literally just somebody testing a certain amount of subjects and that's it. You know, however it plays out. Like if something leans towards this, yeah. And also, we understand that like science isn't; it doesn't. It's not a it's not a sure thing. No, science I mean? can also be corrupted. <clears throat> a lot of it is just theories at the end of yeah, the day. But science can be corrupted when some when you put money behind it and the wrong people to sell your shit. Yeah. So 70 <clears throat> like this study is kind of like I don't know cuz it's not also putting in the fact that Viagra can make you go blind. Like what's the part yeah. of having a, a hard dick when you're blind? You can't even see what you're fucking at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're testing different things. I know? guess, bro. But if you're d- blind and you got your memory still, I think that's a good, that's a fair trade. Uh, for, do you, you mean you gonna be blind with a hard dick? You- I'm saying the if the if I if they told me you can be you can have Alzheimer's or you can be blind, I would definitely be blind because Alzheimer's is uh, is the worst. Damn. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Damn. You just walking down freaking 17th Street and you just like 
where am I at? You know. I mean, we're already looking at that right now with Joe Biden. Yeah. Joe Biden is he low key got Alzheimer's. My grandma has Alzheimer's. Really? Yeah. I'd be talking to her and like we'll have the same conversation over and over. A couple times. Like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Just hanging in there. That's cool. How your mom doing? Oh, she really good. Hey, how you doing? I'd be like, oh, we just like we just (laughs) I just said I was good. (laughs) Oh, dang. That's yeah, that sucks. Yeah. It sucks. You got you have to find you have to find the 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 laughter in some of it. Mm-hmm. Either laugh or you'll fucking cry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that uh, it, it's, um, I think that is like how we also, also how we um, orchestrate arguments in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like we kind of like choose things that um, allows us to, I guess, sound uh, stronger in our, in our, in our argument. It's just like when you used to write like the, the, um, the, uh, the essays that you're trying to um, entice them on. I can't think of the the, the, the word right now, but you would write these essays where you're trying to argue a point, you know, so they'd you're be like- you trying to argue with essays? What? <laughs> you talking not, about not, fool? Nah, fool. Don't wasn't be looking a- at me like that, homie. <laughs> <laughs> you want to argue or what, homie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go ahead. But you would have to write these, these, these essays arguing a, a certain point, like why- um, you know, why was the March on Selma good for the civil rights movement or something like that? So basically your your essay might have flaws in it or it might have holes in the, the argument, but you're only picking the things that kind of support your argument. And I think that's basically what happens with a lot of people in a lot of uh, science, you know, and even with statistics, right? You know, you can say that um, black people are killing each other, which is a fact. Um, or you can say that because of the proximity, this is just a proximity effect, right. black people living next to each other or a lack of resources in the black community. So that same statement, which is you know what both people are saying is technically true, um, it just looks different when you surround it with you know different supporting effort, evidence or if you're trying to make a certain point. So I think that's what a, what a lot of people do. So that same idea that I was saying, like, here, take this, uh, you know, take this whatever, it's good for your rash, or take this whatever, it's good for your sore throat. Um, it's just like, you know, it's just people trying to support their their idea, um, but also dismissing a bunch of other stuff because we know yeah. there's always side effects and there's always, like, two sides of a story. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just sometimes people just use parts of science to fit their narrative, to yeah. support it. Mm-hmm. You know, and other people will completely ignore the same science that they tell you to support yeah. just to be on some fuck shit. But there's yeah. that. Um, all right. Uh, switching gears. Um, holidays. Tough holidays. The reason why sometimes the holidays could be tough for people is because so many people are going through a lot of shit right now. Uh, there's this guy I follow on TikTok and he he has a blindfold on his eyes and he holds a sign and the sign is referencing like mental health and he's like, um, uh, hug me if you've had you know this type of issue or whatever. And a lot of people walk up to him and just hug him, and he hugs them. And he doesn't, he, you know, he doesn't, he can't see them obviously, so they they don't feel judged. And they tell him what's going on in their life. He's like, my brother just committed suicide, you know, six months ago. We're trying to get through that, and he was like, 
He's like, I've been there. He's like, I've been there myself. I'm praying for you. And he hugs them and they cry. And so many people walk up to him and hug him because they lost their brothers, their moms, their dads. Another person said they lost their brother to a drug, uh, drug overdose. Another person said that they were an addict for 23 years and they tried to kill themselves, but they didn't. They were too much of a coward to do it. Like he has a bunch of people that walk up to him. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the a lot of people are going through a lot of shit, man. Yeah. This is you know, this is my second Christmas without my grandfather. Sometimes, you know, I just drive around, I'll be at work and I think about him and stuff and I'll just cry, you mm-hmm. know. And you know, once I get my tears off, I'm back to the back to the grind doing what I do. Yeah. But so many people are going through a lot of shit, man. That that's that's one of the reasons why I'm kind to people. Yeah. And I think the holidays is is you would think that the holidays is just gifts and, you know, and people smiling and, you know, the, the reindeer and all this other stuff. But it's also a reminder of what you have lost. You know, when you're used to seeing your grandfather on Christmas wearing a Christmas hat or whatever it is, or certain family members, you remember seeing them around the holidays and now they're just gone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that shit's tough, man. It's tough. And then you also have people who are going through financial problems. COVID took a lot of things away from them. Some people own businesses for 40 years and they lost their business. Mm -hmm. And they have to choose between between paying utilities and rent or getting their kids Christmas gifts. That's a real thing. I grew up I grew up poor. So I understand what it what it feels like to not have gifts sometimes, man, Mm -hmm. because your parents had to choose paying bills over getting you some for Christmas. That's fact. It sucks, man. There's people that are being kicked out of their houses, you know, because they can't pay rent during the fucking holidays. You know, yeah. people going to the streets being homeless, like it's it's tough. I remember it was one Christmas a few like five years ago, and I was driving to like my aunts or something for the holidays to stop by and just say what's up or whatever. And I was driving by the park and I seen this homeless guy. He was just there by himself on Christmas morning, dude. Mm-hmm. And I drove by, dude. I flipped the U-turn, came back around. And I had like a, a jacket in my in my car. I had I think I had my truck. Yeah, no, I was in my car. I took my jacket off. And I was like, "Hey, man!" Uh, and I was like, "Can you fit a two X?" And he's like, "Oh, w- w- what's going on? What do you want?" I said, like, "Can you fit this?" And I gave him my jacket. And I gave him like forty dollars. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Merry Christmas, man! God bless you." And he had a, like a look of disbelief on his face. Yeah, you know, like. But I was like, "Hey, God bless you, man." He's like, "Thank you so much, man. Thank you." And it's just like, fuck, it's some people that are lonely. They are alone and homeless during the holidays. Yeah. Like, there's so many people going through a lot of shit. Just know, this may just be a podcast, and I'm just a guy, but I care about you, and I'm thinking about you guys. Whoever, Whoever it is out there that may have come across this, just know that I give a fuck. Yeah. I think that's like just, I think, um... I remember we were, I was maybe in like the fourth grade or the third grade or something like that. And <clears throat> it was all the, the the family, like we went to my grandma's house and, um, you know, we had a lot of our presents. We opened them up down there and it was like, just everybody just opening up presents and, you know, look, presents and, and looking at everything. And then as a, as a kid, you know, Christmas to you is just presents. Christmas to you is just you know, waiting for, you know, Christmas morning so you could open up the scooter and ride around the streets with it or play with your cousins and stuff like that. And I just remember, like, I don't know what, I think it might have been my mom or one of the adults was, like, basically, like, stopped everybody and, like, reminded us, like, yo, this is, um, 
this is, you know, you guys got gifts and stuff like that, but this is not what Christmas is about. And, you know, my family is very religious, so they kind of, you know, uh, kind of broke it down to obviously like this is uh, the day that we celebrate Jesus' birthday. But um, in in more of a worldly sense, it's just this idea of like family and and getting together and kind of celebrating an entire, us being alive, you know, for, for another year. And, you know, us, you know, we're older, we go our separate ways, but we still find our way or make time for, to spend time together um, on Christmas. And um, it's just important to, to really understand, like, you know, I think, what the holidays are about. And, you know, as, as life goes on, more and more people are, are going to pass away, like, you know, whether it's your, grand, your grandpa or my uncles or whatever the case may be. And there's always going to be this huge shift in the way that we uh, bring about holidays. And I think it's just important right. to, like, to, like, um, understand that our experience is not everybody else's experience you know there's there's somebody that's like you know that everything is good on you know christmas and then there's people that are like that lost uh, i know my mom had a friend that lost her uh lost her husband on like new year's eve or yes. something like that so Man. you just i think it's just important like to understand that our experience is, is not everybody else's experience. And right. then, like, also don't take these days for granted. No. Like, don't take any holiday that you have with your family for granted. Like, Charlemagne and uh, Schultz, they were having a conversation about, like, that broke it down to the amount of times that they may see their parents again. Yeah, I mean? they're, they're both older, older than... Schultz is older than you, right? Yeah, he's 38. Yeah, so they're both older than us, and he kind of broke it down. Like, man, I may only see my mom. Like, I only see my parents like four times. Yeah, once a week or once every couple of weeks. So it's just like, once you start to, to think about that, and, you know, it's it's very uh, it's it's very sad. You know, even for me, like, I haven't... My mom, like, she'll swing by the house, um, but... You know, I'm dealing with stuff at the house as far as getting stuff fixed, so I have to make time to to be present at the house while while the guy comes and uh, um, helps us out with you know fixing fixing certain things. So I don't even have the free time to go and see my mom, and she works Monday through Friday herself. So I just be thinking about like, dang, like you literally have to cherish like every moment. And even sometimes, like I had my mom had called me, and she, I had uh, I don't know. Sometimes my mom she'd be like she'd be low-key doing too much so like in terms of that situation with my niece like that happened this week right and my mom is like you know she's like trying basically she tried to like create or she tried to give my niece these cards that were like uh, a black hand and a white hand like shaking hands and it was like a christmas card that she wanted uh, my niece to give to her classmates and stuff like that and i and she called me and she was like hey like what do you think about this card and i'm like I was like, honestly, like, I'm not the person to talk to about this. Like, I, I think it's cool, but I'm just like, she's five years old. And I'm like, yeah. she, does, she, she doesn't know what racism is. Like, she's not, she didn't feel it. You know, even yeah. in the moment, she didn't feel it. She just, because her mom, her, my niece's mom asked her about her day and she told her that story. Yeah. Um, that's something that she's going to feel 10 years from now. Like, oh, dang, this is what you know, what they call racism or whatever. So basically that's my mom doing that. I'm just kind of telling her like, hey, it's like, it's cool. Like it's, you know, that that you're doing that. But honestly, it's like, it's kind of like water under the bridge. Like it's not, it's not 
that big of a deal to her. So, you know, maybe like to the parents, the parents need to have a conversation. But basically, that's kind of the energy I was saying. And I was also like, I'm not really the person to say whether you should do it or not. Um, Because I, for me, I don't even look at things from like a message standpoint. I look at things from like, if I deem it corny or not, mm. like in in, to, in my opinion, that's kind of like corny. But you know, that's not to say that um, what she the mess the messaging in it was it was correct. I think that you know, obviously, like everybody should be able to get along, whether you're Mexican or white or whatever the case may be. So basically, I said. I t- like the energy I was giving off was like, nah, it's like whatever, mom. Like I don't like you know, essentially like this is not a conversation you need to have with me. Um, but I felt bad about that conversation, mm. so like I doubled back and I called her and I asked about it and like you know we 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 kind of had a conversation and um, I just say that to say like you know it's it's important to like you know cherish like we don't we don't like you said we don't know mm-hmm. whose last day is when like you know and. You know, for me, I, I don't have like, like, huge anxiety when it comes to like people passing away. But I do like a thought crosses my mind every now and then. Like, dang, what would happen if you know such and such didn't show up after Bruh. work or whatever? Man, I'll tell you what, dude. I, I I feel I don't say I question my mortality, but I I look at it a lot more realistically than when I was younger. Mm-hmm. When I've seen multiple men my age die within the last th- couple of years. Yeah. You know, it's, and just rest rest in peace, man. Rest in peace to Randy Turner. Rest in peace to Stanley Stancil. Um, rest in peace to Gore Kopian. Um, these are men exactly my age. Yeah. You know, and there was someone else recently who passed. Oh, um, uh, uh, the, 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 the Marius Thomas. Yeah. He was, he was younger than me. He was only 33 years of age, of age, and he passed away. And it's just like you're seeing these people that are young men that are passing away. And it, you know, it's like fuck. Imagine how their families feel. You know, yeah, I, and it's around the holidays. This is the I think about people. I really sometimes, especially being doing in my job, it affords you the ability to really think a lot. So, I you know, I I think and I pray for the families of these people that I know. You know, um, speaking of speaking of Gore, man, Gore was a great guy. Like I didn't mm-hmm. know the intricate details of his whole life, but he was a solid dude, man. He's a really good guy. We always had really powerful conversations whenever we met. Yeah, you know when I seen him, he was a huge supporter of the podcast. Gore Kopian was so dope because he supported the podcast back when it was in its infancy, like when it first started. Yeah, that's he, so dope. Man. It was so dope, and he was just binge he listening. Watched all, he listened. To he all listened of it, to all the ones that were up to date mm-hmm. before he had passed, man, and and that like things like that. Not not just because he listened, but. The type of person he was, he didn't know me like that. He didn't have to show me no love. Yeah, but it just showed what kind of dude he was, man. And yeah, that's, you know, that's. I think like you know, um, when like my 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 girl has this uh, a younger cousin, mm-hmm. and um, when the last time I, he tried to FaceTime her once, and she she just didn't feel like talking, so she didn't mm-hmm. answer the phone. And um, he had called like last week and um, he, she answered the phone and they chopped it up for a little. He's younger. He's probably like 12 years old or so. Mm-hmm. And you you know how it is. Like some of those like, that's at least with my nieces and nephew, they just call to not only like check on you, but like they, it's just love. You know what I mean? They don't have much going on in their life outside of playing games and going to school and stuff like that. So basically um, he had called her and she answered the phone. And they'd talk for maybe like 20 minutes or something like that and just kind of caught up and stuff like that. 
And um, I told her, I was like, man, I'm glad you answered the phone because it's like, you just never, you never know. And I think I've, I've been catching myself more like being mindful of like just doing those little things. Maybe like even with, with my niece, <clears throat> she's only five years old and she lives, you know, in another city right now. But I at a 90% clip will answer her phone call. Like, even if I have to tell, like, hey, I'm busy right now, I'm doing a podcast, like, I'll call you back. Just because, like, you know how, like, how important those those moments are. And you also know that, like, for younger people like that, where they're being raised by everyone that is their elders, you know what I mean? So the little amount of time that I can give her, whether it's, like, you know, asking her how her day is or just like being curious about what's going on in her life. Like that stuff goes a long way. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, yeah. So for, for all those man that may be going through some type of hardships or whatever this year, um, or just at any time, uh, man, I, I pray for you, man. I, mm. I know it's, I know it's going to be tough. You're going to make it through it, man. You're going to make it through it. Yeah, um, we all we all go through some form of loss on these holidays. Some people are thinking about, you know, we just like you just mentioned uh, Vicente Fernandez. It's literally December. Mm-hmm. You know, this is Christmas. You mm-hmm. know, Christmas coming up. <clears throat> yeah. So you you could imagine how somber that Christmas is going to be with him not there. Not there, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty. You know, you you could imagine somebody as massive as him during the holidays singing at the ho- at the family functions. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So also like you know for any advice that I would give people is like not to run away from the holidays, not Don't. to run away from those emotions. Yeah. Cause you could very well just drown yourself in a dark room or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, drinking or whatever, any yeah. sort of relief from, from real life. But I will tell you from personal experiences, when you face these emotions head on, on the other side, you will feel so much better. Like when you are, when you're able to like, you know, think about, the passing of whomever in a positive way or you're able to like reminisce with your family and you know stuff like that like you know you'll you'll come out on the other side like with you know joyful tears more so than like a a depression yeah Mm -hmm. i was just thinking about this right now bro that's a 10 year old sweater oh yeah i got this at at the goodwill Damn, this says yeah. World Champions 2010, bro. It's almost 2021. Yeah. I'm a real uh I'm not a huge baseball fan, but mm-hmm. like for sure Giants fan. My not God. Dodgers. That, whatever. Damn, it's not even that faded. <clears throat> it's pretty good quality. Yeah, it's pretty it's a little like stitches is missing right here, but it's pretty good. I just need to like low-key like soak it to get some of the like you know how your wrists in like certain areas be kind of like a little dingy, a little di- yeah. But I, what I do, I hit it with the OxyClean, and it gets like the real OxyClean. Do you want to get the stains out of your clothes? Remember, remember that guy? Do you have an old ass sweater like Keith Fingers? <laughs> <laughs> do you have pasta stains and shit all over your fucking clothes? Try OxyClean. <laughs> Did you commit a murder like OJ Simpson? <laughs> Try OxyClean. Get the fucking blood stains out of there. <laughs> Gosh, dang. And you see OJ on a commercial. I love OxyClean because when I um, uh, clean up messes in my house, I make sure I use OxyClean every time. Thank you, OxyClean. <laughs> God dang. R. Kelly pop up. Um, sometimes when I get urine stains, <laughs> I don't want to be rude, but uh, when I'm using OxyClean and my room is getting dirty, I just pee up on the ground and I use OxyClean. <laughs> 
<laughs> Give me that toot toot. <laughs> oh, R. Kelly is so That's crazy. One nasty man right there. Yeah, man. Yeah. So remember, man. Um, if you're having a hard time on the holidays, try OxyClean. <laughs> <laughs> that is guy, it? the way he died was so fucked up. How did he die? He died. I guess he hit his head on the plane. Let me. The name of the thing is Willie Mills. I think his name was. Dang. Then they replaced him with another guy. It wasn't the same. No, nah, it wasn't the same. They replaced him with some English dude. Mm-hmm. He's like Oxyclay. <laughs> it's like I don't want to hear this motherfucker. <laughs> Willie Mays. Like, what's his name? No, hold on. Willie Mays. No, no, not Willie Mays. Willie. Let me put Oxy. Is that a baseball player? Yeah, it is. It is. I'm tripping. Um. Try Oxyclay. <laughs> uh, hold on. Those freaking infomercials. Hold on, what happened? Um, Billy Mays. Billy I Mays. Wasn't, I know I wasn't tripping. Yeah. Yeah, the way he died was fucked up, man. All right. Uh, television. Da, 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 da. Yeah. All right. Um, July fifty-eight. He was he was old uh, throughout his career. Okay, where did how did he pass away? He died Tampa, Florida. What are you on Wikipedia? Yeah, bro. Why didn't you just type in how did Billy Billy Mays die? <clears throat> oh, okay, hold on. What happened to Billy Mays is right there. <clears throat> the medical examiner concluded that cocaine use caused. Damn, really? I thought he, <laughs> thought he hit his head. What the fuck, yo? <laughs> the medical examiner concluded that cocaine use caused or contributed to the development of his heart disease, uh, and there, thereby contributed to his death. Holy shit, yo. That's not funny, but it's funny. <laughs> I thought it was to something else. They said it's cocaine. God damn. No wonder he was so excited in those commercials. Man, you do a line of cocaine and do the OxyClean commercials. Do you want to clean up the cocaine all over your house? <laughs> Try OxyClean, motherfucker. You'd be like, dude, this guy's cursing on the commercial. Call right now for a limited offer. Dang. Fuck, man. What if he was part of like some huge drug ring where he was like shipping cocaine? Hold on, this is the original tubs. one. This, this is fucked up right here. Hold on. CNN. Um, uh, Billy Mays, Oxyclean Pitchman, found dead. Uh, man, that sucks, dude. Uh, Pitchman died Sunday morning in the Tampa home. Authority said the 50 year old, known for his shouting Oxyclean ads, was pronounced <laughs> dead at 7 45 a.m. The Hillsbury County Medical Examiner. I will perform an autopsy. Maze, no, it doesn't say right here. This is like when it first came out. Oh, there's no information. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, they, oh, my goodness. <clears throat> yeah, it says it here. Autopsy cocaine, a factor in Billy May's death. That's that's fucked up, yo. Yeah. What's what's the new guy? The new guy, no, that dude, that one dude tried to, that one dude killed his fucking wife. The dude with the slap chop. The slap chop dude. Slap chop. Try the slap chop. Yeah, I remember that. The, uh, yeah, hold mm-hmm. on. Let me see. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Slap chop guy. Vince Offer. That's the guy's name. Uh, Offer, sh- sh- what's the name? Shlami, better known as Vince Offer. Vince Shlami, the ShamWow guy or the Slap Chop guy, <laughs> is an Israel American infomercial pitchman, writer, comedian. Uh, first major work was in 1999, a comedy film. And it says, What happened to the Slap Chop guy? The director infomercial icon has gone to sell additional products, including a washable lint roller, 
Uh, oh no, he wasn't the one that killed his wife. One of these motherfuckers lost their mind though. Slap chop. Oh shit. This guy, Shamwell guy, cleans up his act. Shamwell. He was on drugs too. Fuck. Ooh, he looks bad, man. You know who else got in, like a crazy uh, murder case? I don't know if you remember him. Um, he was a four hundred runner. He was a uh, his leg. He was like an the WMPT. Yes, yeah. And he was a big. He was from Australia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. motherfucker lost his mind. <clears throat> yeah. Don't let the no legs fool you. I forgot his name. I yeah, he was a it. fucking Olympian, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> he was trying to make. I think he he made it to the trials. I don't know if he. Uh, really race, but he was a elite athlete though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these people they got demons, man. They got real demons. Yeah. Then you think about fucking Jared from Subway, Jared Fogle. This motherfucker was a pedophile. Yeah. Hey, hi, my name's Jared, and I eat Subway sandwiches. You be like, dude, Oscar Pistorius. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah. Some of these people Shot and are... killed his girlfriend. God dang. Yeah. Dang, Reva Steen Camp. That's crazy. Yeah, man, these people. These you, they, it's so crazy. They just live in the public eye, and then they just be crazy. You know what's crazy? I'll tell you this, and I don't want to jump way all over the place, but I, those infomercials are so annoying because they lie so much. Mm-hmm. You ever seen an infomercial, and they sh- they're trying to like sell knives? He said, are you getting tired of using those same old raggedy knives? Mm-hmm. And then they show that picture in black and white, yeah. and they're like, they like having a difficult trying, time. Yeah. They're they trying to stabbing and they, they stabbing a the tomato mm-hmm. instead of slicing through it. Yeah. Are you tired of using the same old cookware? Try slash and dash it. Yeah, with slash front oxyclean is fire though. Oxyclean yeah. might be the most, um, the best infomercial. Uh, product that has ever been created. Are you tired of that raggedy same old detergent? Try yeah. OxyClean. Mm-hmm. Are you tired of black people using all your good detergent? <laughs> 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 uh, Have you been cheating on your wife lately? Try OxyClean. Get those cum stains out of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to hide evidence from the FBI? Try OxyClean. <laughs> Get the DNA right out of those sheets. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, that guy's. And it never. And it's always the same voice for some reason. Mm-hmm. Or it'd be a deep voice to be like, "Are you having a hard time getting things done around the house?" Mm-hmm. Then never fear. Slam Wow is here. <laughs> it's like, and it, it'd be like fake testimonials. Ever since I've been using the Slam Wow machine, I've been getting things done way faster. I'm a mother of four kids, and it's really tough getting things done around the house. I had an overproduction of pussy juice, and I tried Slam Wow, and it clears it all up. <laughs> <laughs> I had a UTI, and instead of going to my gynecologist, I just used Slam and Wham it. <laughs> They need OJ on one of the knife commercials. That's yeah. fire. Yes. Instead of it, it'd be it'd be hilarious. Be. <laughs> OJ on the knife one. Oh, <laughs> uh, it'd be like, yeah. OJ would be like, hi y'all. I'm OJ Simpson. You may know me as being a former running back for the Buffalo Bills. Now I'm known for other things. But you know what? When I'm not at home, I love using slamming women. <laughs> That would be crazy, yeah, yo. Dang. Yo, you see that video that went viral with OJ Simpson in the club? 
Mm-mm. It was some white girl, probably like, I don't know, she was no older than like 26 or something. Yeah. And she was like, oh, can I take a picture? Look who it is. It's OJ Simpson. Mm-hmm. And then OJ took a picture with her and he tried to lean in and kiss her. She was like, oh, no, no. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. OJ still after it, man. That nigga's a weird person. OJ might end up back in jail before it's all said and done. He's very, he has a very, uh, he's a very eerie person. Yeah, he's very, very eerie. strange energy about him. Yeah, but he wasn't like that in the early 90s and the 80s. Like, he was a fucking icon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, he was in a a series, it was called Naked Gun. I wonder, um, sorry not to cut you off, but I wonder what... The shift was like, um, I, I you know I don't know. We all have this, this the CTE stuff going around, mm-hmm. and I just wonder like how you go from like this huge idol to like just being so abusive to your, your wife. I don't know, man. I mean, maybe you were that same person the whole time. Yeah, just took just people a while know. to it took people a while to catch up to see you were full of fucking shit. Yeah, and you you always say you was like, man, if somebody would beat their wife. So, like so bad like where you see like these pictures of certain abuse you'd yeah, be like that him. person will yeah a person will kill any him. man that'll beat a woman will fucking kill her mm-hmm. especially if the woman finally gets the strength to get up and leave mm-hmm. and be like i'm tired of this if he'd be like you may be tired of this but i'm not yeah yeah man it wants a motherfucker and there's some people the way that they interact with their girl i could tell they beat them that i don't even have to physically see it i could mm-hmm. just tell the amount of <clears throat> intimidation yeah when a man is like super intimidating his wife in public i'm like yo this guy hits her bro mm-hmm. this guy really hits her dude i seen that shit before and he was like i said put it back now and she nah. was like and she was like okay okay I was what, like, like shopping or what? Yeah, like in Walmart to be a dude, and he just looks like he's just fucking angry. Just yeah, it's like oh my god. Dude. The one, do you remember Kevin Kevin McCall? I think K Mac. He 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 did this song. Uh, um, I think I remember him. I think I remember him. Wasn't that he was with Chris Brown? Yeah, he with Chris Brown and Tiger. Mm-hmm. I can't think of what's that name of that song. I can't remember, but I've heard of him. Though. Yeah, um, but he he was. Uh, <clears throat> He was working with Chris Brown like right after the whole Rihanna thing. This was mm-hmm. like Chris Chris Brown dropped no no BS, and then it was another song, um, and I can't think. I'm sure the listeners know, mm-hmm. you know, but he dropped two songs, and it was like, oh, this nigga Chris Brown is back. Um, it was probably like a year and some change, two years after the whole Rihanna situation. Mm-hmm. But the dude Kevin McCall like worked with Chris Brown, and he like co-wrote a lot of the the songs in that time period. Um, but it was some. He was on an interview. Or he was having a conversation with somebody, and he admitted to beating up Eva Pick. I don't know, you know, you know that Eva Pickford. I think no. her name is. She was like on America. Uh, I think I seen it though. Him like he fucking went off. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I beat her ass, and nigga, I beat your ass too. Like yeah. he was like going crazy. Yeah. Like I already admitted to all that. I was like, damn, this nigga's wild. Yeah, he's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah that's nuts. Where we at, man? Uh, one thirty-eight. All right. Um, we could run through this last one real quick and get on out of here. All right, uh, switching gears. We just went on a freaking tangent at the end of that one. Mm-hmm. All right, um, switching gears. Um, I did a poll on Instagram, and I was just curious to see what people thought. But the poll stated, can you love more than one person, right? Meaning, you know, uh, from a romantic uh, like a romantic way, can you love more than one person? And the poll came out, like, literally extremely lopsided. It was... 78% said that you could love more than one person. And like over 40 something people participated in the poll and I was like, wow, this that's is a lot. that's fucking scary, man. Mm-hmm. And 
the, the reason why I find that problematic is because it gives you an idea. And for all the people that said you can, I'm not trying to, this is not an indictment on you, but it just shows the, how bad the dating landscape is. Yeah. For you to think it's normal that you can love more than one person speaks to why so many relationships don't even work. Yeah. Like, like you shouldn't be in a position where you're loving more than one person at a time. Like, one person gave a great I, they gave a great explanation. They said, like, you know, how she was with her ex-boyfriend, how she will always have love for him. She does not actively love him. She loves her current boyfriend. But the circumstance, I mean, there's different circumstances mm-hmm. associated with that. Right. You know, if you got married or it's your ex-husband or mm-hmm. if you got kids or whatever. Right. You know. But what she said, she w- she didn't say she loved him, but she said she will always have love for him. Right? Yeah. So that makes sense, and that's fine. But I think you have to transition from people, and I think that that's where people fuck up. What they do is is they will get in a whole new relationship while still actively loving the old person. And I think that that's so commonplace that people really believe that you can love two people Yeah. when that's actually problematic. And like, think about this for the ladies out there. Imagine if you're with the dude and he says, you know what? I just have to be honest. Like, I still love my ex-wife. Do you know if these women will fucking leave you in a minute? They're not going to stick around and say, um, I understand you love your ex-wife. That's perfectly fine. You can love us both at the same time. <laughs> They're not going to say that. Yeah. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. But people have made it okay to do this shit. That shit ain't fucking normal. Mm-hmm. It ain't normal. People need to <clears throat> learn that you can love somebody, but if you break up with them, you need to transi- you need to you need to go through a transitional phase. And most people ignore it. Where you need to be literally single for like a year. I don't think that most people could be single even a year. They spent their whole life going in and out of relationships with people. So yeah. what happens is they always still love the last person because they didn't take they enough fucking time to themselves. Yeah. And and what's weird too, what's weird too is like people don't just break up and they just cold turkey break up. There's usually a f- a phase where you're transitioning out of that whole grace period. that whole yeah grace period. Mm-hmm. Even a year is barely enough time to be past a person. If you was with a motherfucker for six years and y'all broke up, and let's say you meet some new person in six months. You still love that last person. You have not given yourself enough time to really transition from them. So now you got this new person you just getting to meet that's on the unfair end of it because they only got six months with you and the last motherfucker got six years. Yeah, and you still love them. And it's fucked up. And that's that's the average relationship in today's world where they, they just trying to get over somebody by getting with the next person. Yeah. And and it's so lopsided. That's why when I seen that, I figured it'd probably be like, you know, 30, 40 percent, like almost half. Yeah. But it was 78 percent of people said you could love more than one person. Yeah. That's wild. It's it's so sad. I think that um, people don't people don't even know how to break up. Nah, no. Nope. <clears throat> I don't even eat from personal um relationships whether it's family or friends or whatever the case may be bro it'd be like people that the it's like um you know how like <laughs> you know how when you djing um and you got one song on and then like at the end of it they blend the other song in there for mm-hmm. like four bars mm-hmm. and then it just switched to the next song you know what i mean it could be like yeah. a it could be like a a Dr. Dre song mm-hmm. and then they'll just transition it to like a Jay-Z song yeah, yeah, like yeah. seamlessly yep that's how relationships are like there's no like dead 
dead noise in there. Right. And it, it's it's so sad because the majority of people are doing this. And it doesn't matter how long the relationship lasts. It could be it could be a year relationship, it could be a marriage, it could be a, you know, a high school sweetheart, whatever the case may be. More often than not, before the actual breakup happens, there's already like um, a conversation with another guy or girl. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of like transitioning, you know, speaking to them more often. Mm -hmm. They texting them or DMing them, erasing messages and stuff like that. It's just like, it's it's so sad. And I think it's, you know, we are doing ourselves a disservice by not um, understanding that it's okay not to be in a relationship. And and then yeah. also, like, it's so much baggage. Like, um, <clears throat> it's like a freaking carousel at, a, carousel, at a, carousel at the LAX, like the type of baggage that people are bringing into, into relationships. Yeah. Like, you got an ex-husband, an ex-wife, or, or you got kids and stuff that you're, you're transitioning and trying to figure out a certain lifestyle. And then you're bringing all of this into, into a new relationship. Yeah. And it's like, you... you, you People don't understand like the type of stress and the type of yeah. annoyance that you're you're bringing into a relationship because you don't want to be single for any yeah. stint of time. So. Yeah. And then the person you get with is dealing with all your issues from the last person you was with. Mm-hmm. So like you trying to get over a person while being with a new person. That's so fucked up. Yeah. It's like, yo, come on, yo. Like mm-hmm. that's wild. And this is the average this is the average people that deal with this regularly mm-hmm. you start to get like a i don't say a phobia but i have a little bit of a fear and mm-hmm. i'm not gonna lie i have a little bit of a fear of a lot of especially modern day relationships because i realize how a lot of people move yeah like i realize how a lot of women move and i'm not trying to it's not an indictment on women but it's a lot of women that you know use with a dude that hurts you for four to six years you break up with him and then all of a sudden you meet this other really nice dude but you know you only meet you meet this dude only two months after being with that dude for six years, and then now we inherit all of the bullshit that you have not fixed. And then what happens too is we could be good guys or decent human beings, but you're still talking to that dude behind our backs. Mm-hmm. You still uh, text messaging that person. You still love that person. You barely get to know me, but you still love somebody else. So I'm meet. not. You huh? still communicating with their parents and whatnot. Right. Your parents mm-hmm. were like, hey, well, you know, you're welcome anytime you come. And then you try to make your trauma, you try to make your trauma from that last relationship normal in this one. And mm-hmm. it's like, nah, that's a no-fly zone. Like, yeah. you you have not <laughs> taken enough time to figure out what you're dealing with. And now I'm on the receiving end of all of it. Yeah. So it's it's not it's not okay. Why do you think we live in a time where some people say shit like, you know what? Like I think it's perfectly fine to be friends with your ex. You should be- No, it's not normal. It's yeah. not. It ain't normal. People try to normalize some nonsense. It's nonsense. Like if you if you missed out on a friendship with your ex, that's not the end of the world. No, it's no. It's not like it's your childhood friend that, right. you know, your day one, y'all done been through thick and thin together. This is a person you've been in a relationship with for two years yeah. and you are deeming them as like this best friend. Oh now. my buddy. Like bro, if I was with a chick for six years, that's six years of of uh, affection. That's six years <clears throat> of that's six years of eating pussy. You've been eating pussy for six years and now y'all just broken up. Yeah. That, I can't be friends with a woman like that. That's terrible. Yeah. Exactly. If that's my situation, like I'm I'm <laughs> 
I'm cutting that pussy off cold turkey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. We can't go. We can't be giving high fives after. I, we can't be giving high fives after we've been, been eating pussy for six years, yo. That's a that's a big drop off. That's facts. What do you what do you think like the uh, ideal um, relationship? Not not in terms of like having a relationship, mm-hmm. but like the, the the dynamic of your relationship is after you've broken up with somebody that you've been together. You mean with with the person <clears throat> you broke up with? Yeah, like how how should that look? Should it look like the, the way mm-hmm. the way it should look is you basically unpack any of the things with within a year or so. First of all, you shouldn't be with nobody. If no, you, no, no. Sorry. I don't want to cut you off because that's not the question I was asking. But what, what? more so like the communication on the people that were in a relationship. Should it be like, you know, no form of communication? Should it be like if I see them in public, I don't even acknowledge them? Or like oh, what, do you, what do you think? But I was getting there. It was a part mm-hmm. of the response. Oh, okay. I was basically, what I was going to say is there's a transition. It's not just you don't come <clears throat> to this conclusion and you don't both have the same idea unless there's some form of communication of feelings. Mm-hmm. So if you break up with somebody, usually there's a reaching back phase. You might break up, but y'all start fucking for a while. That's, <laughs> that's what a lot of people do. They break up <laughs> and they still fuck the same person for... Maybe a few they months. Horny, huh? Yeah, they horny and they don't mm. just want to. They they they, they don't kinda, want a nude. They don't, don't want to mm. be out there fucking strangers. Mm-hmm. So once that happens and the feelings get That's involved, dangerous. and then they argue again, then they finally decide they're not good for each other. Yeah. So now they they broken up, but they're they're cordial, and then probably after and then after that and then it's the rebound phase. Then after that, what happens with people is they don't just they don't just like find the next person and it works out. They just find a rebound. Yeah, and even the person that's a rebound could be a good person, mm-hmm. and they still they still fuck that person over because all they needed was a rebound. They just wanted somebody to try to help them get over. It's very selfish. Oh, they and, people and it, do that all the time. It's been, it's been done to me before a few times where yeah. you know that you really like the girl a lot. She's cool. She likes you a lot. You think this is going to be your girlfriend, and then boom, she just disappears out of nowhere. And I ain't no rebound. I'm a later ball right back up. Yeah, right. But what happens is they do this shit because. They and then they have a fear because then they see that you're actually a decent guy. Yeah, and they're like, "No, I gotta leave him alone." Because they was just looking for you to be a fuckboy. Yeah, they was. They wasn't looking for they nothing didn't want serious. To be decent. Yeah, women could complain about fuckboys, but they like them because fuckboys allow them to not be in a serious situation. Mm-hmm. They could walk or come in anytime they please. A lot of women will complain about a fuckboy, but the convenience is they get to fuck the dude and they can't, they don't have to and take him serious. They know it's not no long term. They know it's not long term. They could come in and leave the relationship as they please. Yeah. But when women actually get a decent dude, they be like, oh, fuck, I got to leave him alone. And mm-hmm. then they just disrespect you and run off. Yeah. It happens. Mm-hmm. And it's because they're not over the last dude they was dating. Yeah. So they got to do this, this bullshit. But it's not only women that do it, men are partially responsible. And then finally, after over a year or so of not being with the person, now they can finally have some clarity. But even then, bro, people got too much history. That's the big issue. And then they're not—they're not unpacking anything. They're no, just hopping from female to female or man to man. It's just yeah. like, yeah. And the last person they dated has an imprint on them. So what happens too is women don't realize it, but the people that they've dated have an imprint on how they react to things, how they react to trauma. How they, you know, how they interpret things. And then they put that on the person that they're currently dating. And that person has to fucking figure out what the fuck you dealing with now. Now that they got, it's almost like, it's almost like a puzzle, like a big ass puzzle. 
and you just got all the wrong pieces. <clears throat> yeah. You you thought that that was that was the giraffe's face, but it was his butt. So then you got to <laughs> take that off and put that back yeah. on there. Yeah, and it's fucked up, man. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up, but it, it it comes from a culture. This is this is a culture problem. We live in a culture of people that don't um, hash their issues out, and and I don't. I think that there's no right way to do the wrong thing, and I don't want to call breaking up a wrong thing, but at the same time, it's like people don't do it in a healthy way. Usually, it's a crash and burn situation. Yeah, yeah, they just people be some people be trying until like you know it's like the the biggest like explosion ever. Yeah, and it's just yeah, or you know maybe they they break up when it's too late. I I was telling you about yeah a situation where um the dude was like yo. Basically, he was, uh, somebody else told me this story, but he was going to break up with this girl on a specific day. And what ended up happening was, like, he got the girl pregnant prior to Oh, yeah, you that, said, you talked that, about yeah, that. And then, you know, now he got to live with that for 18 years. So, <clears throat> I don't know, I just, I, just, I just hope for people out there and, and any of our listeners, like, um, you, can, you can definitely, like, um, grow in terms of like being in a relationship. I think there's some things that we may not even recognize about ourselves until we are, you know, in a relationship. There may be some patterns, patterns or unhealthy habits that we have in terms of like being, um, you know, uh, how we are in a relationship or, you know, the type of love that we give a, a person. But um, there is also very important growth that happens um, when you're by yourself. And I think that 100%. if you're never by yourself, if you're always in some type of relationship, if you're always talking to somebody, um, if you're talking to somebody when you were in your previous relationship and your right. previous marriage or um, you start dating immediately after the breakup, and the breakup oftentimes is just an official thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they have already, they actually broke up a long time ago, but it's like divorces, like you know, the divorce happens, but Kim Kardashian is already out. She's already dates. out, exactly. You know what I mean? So I, I just think like I just it, it it bothers me so much because there are a lot of like good men and women out mm-hmm. there that are uh are they on know, the short that, end. Yeah, that they're they've been working on themselves, they've been going to therapy, they've been, you know, uh reading their books, trying to get their credit score right, whatever the case yeah. may be, just getting ready for, you know, that special person. And that special person is just like you know, hopping around, whatever. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the unfortunate thing. I think that that's a good question to ask on a date, but, but finding a way to kind of, um, it's like, it's like putting the medicine in the food, right? Like, for example, if you out on the, out on the date somewhere, you'd be like, yeah, I was having a conversation with the home, with the homies the other day. They was talking about like, you know, is it possible to love more than one person, you know? And, and what do you think about that? And ask her, and then she'll be like, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's totally possible to love two people. Yeah. Don't date that woman. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't facts. do it. Don't do it. Don't. Don't judge her. Don't trip out on her. But if she's like, yeah, I think it. And if she gives an explanation like, you know, like, you could love somebody, but you could still love the last person. And, like, you could love two people. And it's like, you shouldn't even be in that position. I think. I think we also have to be mindful of, like, the things that, People are trying to normalize in those hundred percent, right? So if you be like, um, so like, yeah, like when you know, it, I mean, this is obviously stuff that happens like a little bit later on when you start right. talking about relationships and right, stuff right, like right, that. Right. So yeah, so like, yeah, how, how long was your last relationship? And they'd be like, oh, you know, about like two and a half years. 
And be like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. Like, and then you know, you you start to talk more and more. So, like, when did you like? What happened? Like, what what why did y'all break up? When did y'all break up? And it'd be like three months ago. That's how you know, like, mm-hmm. something is like you you shouldn't be mm-hmm. courting in mm-hmm. in this capacity mm-hmm. two three months after you. So that's like the and you know you know and you'll get more into it prior to that. But then you'll realize that. It was two and a half years in that relationship, but the one before then mm-hmm. was probably on the back of 100%. a month later, two yep. weeks later. So yeah, yeah you got to stay away from women like that. Now, if we're just gonna, if we just fucking, <clears throat> that's fine. It, but if you're trying to give me girlfriend vibes and you want to date with me and you've only been broken up for two months, yeah, I'm not gonna take you serious because you ain't you ain't done the proper healing to get over that dude. Yeah, like if I take you, if I look at you as a woman that I consider to be a girlfriend and I find out you just broke up with some dude, I'm not taking you serious. I'd rather not even talk to you no more. Yeah. And if you ain't if you're not what I'm on, it's cool. You don't gotta be what I'm on. If I just want to sleep with you and you don't want that, that's a hundred percent fine. But that's all we can do. Yeah. Cause all you're gonna do down the road is hurt me. Yeah. That's all you're gonna do is hurt me. I'm not gonna sign up to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Like as men, we still had a right to have feelings. If what you, you what would that hurt look like? Or why why do you think that she would hurt you? She would hurt... Well, because they got too much history. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got you. Yeah. They got too much motherfucking history. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it would... Whatever we are building would be trumped by the fact that this motherfucker got five or six years. He knows exactly what buttons to push. There's this uh, show this show called Harlem mm-hmm. on uh, Amazon Prime. And uh, basically what happens is that at the beginning of the show, this couple breaks up because mm-hmm. the, the dude moves to another um, mm-hmm. city or whatever. And then, like episode three or whatever, he he doubles back and he moves back into the city. But he's engaged already. But in the show, and obviously this is a, sh- a TV show, mm-hmm. but in the show they got so much chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like the his fiance is not even like in the picture. Like they be interacting. Like, like oh, I remember when you know we went on a date over here, and you used mm-hmm. to love when I did. It's like that type of conversation. So same thing. Like what you're saying, like it's always going to be that history there of like, yeah. <clears throat> Not to mention that people break up and get back together a lot. So if they have a history of breaking up and getting back together, you just a nigga that's in the middle of it. Yeah. So now what's going to happen is she with you, you think she all about you, and then it, it sometimes like I think men and women are guilty of this, but sometimes women will purposely sabotage it so they could run off. Yeah. They'll purposely. It could be something small. Y'all get in an argument and then. And it it'd be a small something of a something so minute just so they could run off. I've yeah. seen this before. I've I've been talking to the homie. Uh, I've talked to one of the homies, and uh, basically the girl would be on the phone with him. Like, yeah, my husband's just annoying. Like, he just does this and that. And he'd be like, "You coming over tonight at 6 He'd be like, "Yeah, I'll come over tonight." You're getting smacked. Yeah, huh? getting fucked. Like my homie's fucking her, but she's complaining about her husband and how he ain't acting right to him. Yeah. So they get in an argument. She come over and he fucks her. And then they, she go right back to her husband. People do this shit, man. Yeah. In in the real world, people do shit like this. And it's toxic and it's fucked up. But it's reality, unfortunately. And as a person who wants something serious from the outside of that whole world that's going on, you got to protect your energy, G. Yeah, that's you, facts. You got to protect your energy. You don't got to. It's not. I'm not saying women are bad or whatever. I'm just saying that people are very selfish in a way that they, they, they want to do everything to make themselves happy, even if that's not considering your happiness. They will mm-hmm. go right around it and not care. Mm-hmm. So uh, protect your energy, folks. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think we um I think we deserve the ability to be a little bit more like calculated in in right. terms of like relationships. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I think I think and especially at, you know, our age when you get in your late twenties and your your thirties and stuff like that. Like this these are like the pivotal years when it when it comes to, you know, like trying to build a family and things like that. So um yeah, man, I think everybody should just be more calculated out there. Also like, you know, you um I I think the idea of like in terms of relationships, when they say like you get what you deserve, is not always a hundred percent true. Because I think there are some people out there that are coming across like really good partners, and they're not like complete people. And um, that's just the you know that's just the unfortunate part of like the dating landscape. Like, yeah, you know. But. Yeah, people fucked up, man. Dr. Dre just posted a picture with him with a bunch of balloons behind him, and it said "divorced as fuck." Like, yeah, and I'm thinking like, yo, why the fuck are you celebrating a failed marriage, yo? <laughs> this is just a toxic culture, bro. You should no, not. I, I I do understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I also look at it from the other point of view. Like, mm-hmm. imagine your wife was just the most like annoying, like right, you know, person ever, or she cheated on you, or whatever the case. Like, and we got a little glimpse of her character. She was charging mm-hmm. like she was trying to get like twenty thousand dollars for like. Like extracurricular activities, all yeah. kind of like crazy stuff. So, um, I get I get what you're saying. Like it, it is like you're you're, you're celebrating something as as yeah, as that's a stupid. A failure. That's but it corny to me. On the other point of view, it's just like man, I'm I'm finally away from this toxic female. Yeah, I just don't <clears> think you should be. Um, I don't think you should be um, publicizing your failed marriage. I think it, I, I, this is just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck how disrespectful or how bad a woman is. I don't even feel the need to remotely like, like honestly, if it was that bad, she's dead to me. I'm not mentioning that she even existed. I'd rather she go her way, I go mine. I could focus on working on myself and better myself. I don't yeah. need. I don't need to post pictures. Yeah, I got. Chilling, I get what you're saying. Hanging out, like I'm not. I'm not even going to talk bad about women. I've mm-hmm. had women that treated <clears> me like dirt, and then when I stopped talking to them, I didn't say nothing bad about them. A lot of people crash and burn like, my ex is a piece of shit, fuck him, he cheated on me, blah, 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 or like, you hear dudes, bitches ain't shit, I have nothing to say about you. Yeah. Regardless think, of yeah. the wrong you did to me, I have nothing to say about you, because you dead to me. Yeah. I'd rather focus on bettering myself and living my life and becoming a better human being, because I don't ever want to deal with a woman like you again. So yeah. in order for me to not have that problem... I'd rather work on myself and focus on that. Yeah, I think I think you're 100 percent right. Mm-hmm. It, it is kind of childish, like the whole yeah, like, man and stuff. I, I I guess my point of view is more so the the joy that you can have with being like separated from something. Oh, 100 like, percent. You know, I could I think you could. It, it's definitely okay to like be um, happy about you know being broken up or like excited yeah. about like what your future holds. You know, as far as like being a single person again or whatever, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the balloons, that's a little that's a little much. <clears throat> Come on, Dr. Dre. The fuck is you doing, man? Yeah. 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 We're still waiting on a detox. Yeah, what what did your PR person tell you? What you should do now, because you you know, everybody knows what's going on, in order to kind of like take the pressure off, you should put some balloons up. They <laughs> said divorce is like stop listening to these motherfuckers, man. I don't know if he operates like that. I don't know if he does or not. All I know is is it it's just not <clears throat> it's not decent. Yeah. It's like uh, some of the sometimes PR people. You you have to understand that people like Dr. Dre do have PR people. I know they do. 
Snoop, all of them. They be just choose to listen to them or not. Yeah. Like you look at like fucking uh, what's his name? Is it, uh, the Baldwin? Is it Alec Baldwin? Which one is it? The one yeah. that just did the interview. He needed to just shut the fuck up. Should never did it. Same, yeah, he same, have done that thing. same thing with Travis Scott with his raggedy empathy that he showed. Mm-hmm. He should have just shut the fuck up. Yeah. But sometimes they listen to these PR people and they go and do it. And it's like, bro, you actually just tarnished whatever little bit of empathy that people thought you had. Mm-hmm. It's like, what for what? Yeah, but, I don't I don't understand the the interview after you've like murdered yeah. or been a part of some sort of murder. Just shut the fuck up, just, motherfucker. Yeah, just, yeah, go. I mean, you could say you can apologize <laughs> and you can, you know, release a statement, but Right. I don't know what the interview does. That's a uh, that's like very antiquated in my opinion. Like yeah. we have social media platforms like what is sitting down with a prestigious interviewer doing man the families of the people that die don't give a fuck about your interview man they not oh wait uh alec Baldwin's on let me go and turn it on they don't give a fuck about that yeah yeah travis scott went up there and here's the thing and uh i was listening to that guy uh sean c he gave a good take he said um uh, baldwin is a is a paid actor so he could at least do a better job of displaying some forms of, you know, uh, empathy, like dramatic empathy. But he said Travis Scott's personality is so dry that <laughs> he can't even do it. He can't fake it for nothing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, it was crazy. Like, I just want to say, like, sorry to family, you know. Like, bro, you don't care. Yeah, if you don't care, just don't. If you don't care, don't show us at least. Right. Like, just put words together yeah when he did it this is how you know he didn't care he did a response video to what happened on instagram but it was in black and white <laughs> what does that mean and it's like did you i mean you put are a, you swiping through the filters yeah you would you use a mosaic filter that's funny <laughs> use a mosaic filter to be like yeah it's messed up what happened to the people yeah. i just dropped a new song for y'all man to take uh, your minds off of that yeah you stupid y'all go to spotify right now listen to my new song straight up OxyClean. Did you go to Travis Scott's concert? <laughs> Did you get trampled underneath all those people? Try OxyClean. <laughs> man, let's get out of here, man. <laughs> Castle Eddie. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, folks, if you made it to the end of this podcast, man, we appreciate you. Oh, I'd hate to ask, but since it's the holiday season, if you are in the giving spirit, Head on over to YouTube. You will see the uh, Cash App name down. It should be to my left when you look at it. ATM Pod. It would help us out a lot. We are, uh, what do you call it, a, a self-reliant Yeah, we got production. bills and whatnot. It's you know what I'm saying? Lights and cameras and whatnot. We just got these acoustic panels. We got all yeah. this other stuff going on, but we appreciate you guys supporting us thus far. Yeah. Uh, if you feel we've earned a donation, head on down. Mm-hmm. Um, until then, we appreciate you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. We're out of here. Peace. <laughs>